This is the special season finale of season one of Shatzer Says. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Sean G. Nixon, Talk App Epsilon Fraternity, Rowside Chapter, Millersville University, scroll number 73, nickname Winnie Pooh 2. This podcast has clocked in at over two hours, so enjoy it. I'm sorry to anyone who I wasn't able to add on to the episode, but there was just so many people that had great things to say about the memory of Sean. Rally around your friends, love your family, and one last time, Berg, fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Shatzer Says for my special season finale of my first season of Shatzer Says. I'm your host, Mike Shatzer, and today is a very special episode, although possibly ominous to some. Today is going to be an episode of celebration of a dear friend of everyone who went to Millersville University from the years 1988 to probably 1998, 2000, if not currently. Uh, we're going to honor with some special guests, and it it really makes me happy that we're going to share good stories. You know, I, I don't want to seem callous when I say this, but I don't want this to be a boo-hoo. Oh, we miss you, Sean. But I want this to be like stories of like just the kind of person that Sean Nixon was. And this is an honor of the man. I've called him, you know, he was known as White Mike for a while because when he worked at QVC, there was the big black guy that he was Blackberg and it was White Mike. You know, <laughs> we called him the North American Poo Owl for a while and the Man Mountain and the Yeti and Slim Nixon. I mean, you know, I'm doing another podcast with Craig Mesmer about sports, and we talked about Berg yesterday because he was such a big Eagles fan, and we honored him with a little thing there. But you know, Berg was just such a was a, a although he was yes larger than life, his just personality and his love for his fellow man. And I know it sounds cliche and kitschy when you say that, but you know, he epitomized kindness. You know, the new be kind movement. You know, I might not have liked Berg because he was a, a diehard Eagles fan or some of his political viewpoints, but you know, his heart was made of gold. And we're going to honor Sean Nixon today. You know, unfortunately, if you haven't heard, Sean Nixon passed away on Tuesday, March 9th, at the young age of 50, and that kind of hits close to home to me because I'm I just turned 49. So you know, taken at such an early age. But you know, I want to welcome my first guest today on the season finale of Shatzer Says, one of Sean Nixon's dear friends. Who you know, I, and I've known this dude since I'm going to say fall 1990. So here again, I'm dating myself. You know, that was what, 30? I don't do math very well. I think it was 31 years ago I met this clown. And we lived together for a while. And he used to get me involved in some of his harebrained schemes. But I want to welcome to Shatzer Says in honor of Sean G. Nixon, William E. Measure. Bill Measure, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on there. I appreciate it. And uh, if memory serves, I think I was uh, – your minion on a few of your own harebrained schemes so uh, we can commiserate over both of those uh another time i'm, I'm sure but you have a yeah. better stuff than i do so you'll have to help me out with my stories as we go through here i got you well yeah i just want to take a little bit of your time as we talk about sean and or berg i mean he, he had so many names and you know i met i'm gonna say i probably met sean probably about the same time you did probably about fall 90 is when i met sean as well you know i was i was a dumb freshman at miller's university looking for a party and i got roped in by dave patterson you know and dave patterson got us he was our he was our rush chairman <laughs> and then uh you know, we, we got in with uh, Talk App Epsilon Fraternity for Men. And, of course, you know, any teak function, you're going to meet the biggest man in the room, 
both personality wise and body wise is Sean Nixon, you know, Berg. And, you know, there's so many stories that everyone has about Berg. It's like, give me, give me just first off, Bill, give me your, your general impression of what Sean Nixon really meant to like, maybe not just to you, but to anyone. I mean, you know, it, everyone's going to say the same thing. No one's going to say a crossword about Berg, but you know, tell me what, what he meant to you, man. I honestly, I can't think of anybody that has a, a bad word to say about him. Um, you know, like you were saying, maybe in the last couple years since the political stuff has gotten so divisive, you know, there's been people that have kind of disagreed, like you were saying, with his politics. And, um, you know, he was always, I think, pretty respectful of, of differing opinions and whatever. But he uh, was always everybody's best friend and shoulder to lean on. You know, I mean, if that's one thing I recall was, you know, and, and in the last two days since he's passed away, I've gotten numerous text messages facebook messages phone calls you know from people sobbing um you know the majority of them have been women uh that were close friends with him or best friends with him or, or and, but you know didn't know what he had going on you know in his health life uh unfortunately but you know i, I don't know i'm i probably in a two-hour span since he passed had almost two out 200 messages from people with just comments of how amazing and wonderful he was from you know, people in our fraternity, but also outside, you know, the guys and the girls all throughout campus and, you know, in his personal life when he got home in Lancaster and everywhere else. So uh, yeah, he, he, he was well loved and he was the life of the party. I, I remember one time, one of my favorite Berg stories was we all took a road trip to Spring Garden College to, vi to go visit Ryan Lehman or Ryan Lehman, old shovelhead. Shovel we went, out to visit, went out to visit his chapter and Berg rode with me in my tan Ford Tempo and he was riding shotgun. And I don't remember who was it. You might've been in the back seat for all I know. And we had to keep everything below sea level. And uh, we were listening to rock music and Berg was just pissed because it was like Led Zeppelin or Metallica. And he, you know, Berg, Berg was a dancing fool. So I mean, he, he loved it. Yep. Yeah. Hip hop and rap was Berg's forte. So he was in a car dance when we got close to Philly, pulling up some of his 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 or his Philly stations and dancing and, and carrying on. But you know, the, the first thing I really ever had to do with Berg was when I was elected social chairman at Teak, probably a position no one ever wanted because he had to set up all the mixers and buy all the beer and stuff. So Berg took me to every distributor in the, the the Millersville metro area and introduced me as the new as the new social chairman. They already knew Berg. Yeah, so yeah. when Berg took me to Kirkner's or Manor Beverage or wherever, you know, Thanks. and introduced me to the the beer people, they assumed I was 21 years old. So, and I was just taking over for Berg as social chairman. So nice. after that, I went to Kirkner's all the time. As long as I had my teak jacket on and said, hey, you know, Berg sends his love, you know, whatever. Never once questioned me. So that was the first time I really, I was like, damn, huh. he got it like that. He just went in there like a damn mafioso and just said, hey, this is the new guy at Teak that's going to be buying all the beer. Hook him up. And it was never a question. So that was my first like really dealings with Berg. And I was like, I would say almost like the year after we got in, you know, we pledged in what's, you know, it's our, it's our 30th anniversary, Bill, of, of yep. pledging. You know, yep. right now we're probably nuts to butts somewhere right now, you know, 30 <laughs> years ago, getting hazed, getting you know. The white bit. Yeah, so you know, because we're laughing and cutting up, but I mean, you know, that, that he had he had it like that as just a college kid who went to these different places and said, "Hey, this guy's taking over." It was like I was like he was the, the mob the mob king, but you know, give me give me a good memory of Berg that you want to share with with everyone. That, you know, I'm sure you have more than one. Oh yeah. Uh, well, initially, you know, I met Berg. I mean, we pledged what Spring '91. Uh, they were trying to get us to pledge, you know, before that. 
I guess fall '89 or something. And, yeah, you were uh, older. Yeah, you're older than me, so yeah. yeah. So you probably probably fall fall '90 or spring '89. Yeah. So we were. Uh, I met him around then. He was one of the first guys because obviously he's the nicest guy and talks to everybody. And um, the girl I was dating at the time, Tanya, uh, I brought her because you know she was invited and you know wanted her to see the group and the, what the it was all about. And you know he took a liking to her and you know as he did throughout my college career became really close with the girls that I dated from Tanya to Christy Vogel to Merrill. Um, you know, he, he was, but he was every girl's best friend and, and shoulder to cry on and confidant and stuff. And, um, you know, I, he just was the best. I mean, as far as, you know, you could bring somebody that didn't really know anybody to the party and just put him with Burke. In fact, I got a call today from Bill Burke, who's uh, my broker now. And I went to high school and we went to college with Bill and, you know, as you can recall, Mike, from college days, the Teeks and the football players didn't really get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Bill called, and Bill even admitted that today. He said, you know, Berg was one of the first guys that I met. I had a, cl- a couple classes with him and ended up talking with him and hanging out with him. And I think Bill then started dating uh, Christy, who's his now wife um, of many years. And Christy was very close with Berg, Bill said today, and everything else. And he said, you know, he used to go to parties and hanging out with Christy. And he said he would basically just sit the whole time and talk to Berg. Um, you know, because again, football players weren't really welcome at too many of the tea parties back in the nineties the there with us. But, um, my first really one that sticks out and for me is it was a summer, probably 94. Uh, I lived at 17 H and I think it was after was that Brooklyn, that's Brookwood, right? Yeah. 17 H Brookwood Shaggy and Roach, I think were either moving out or getting ready to move out. I think Roach was taking summer classes and. People were mostly gone for the summer, but it was Berg and I up there, and we had a waiting pool on our front porch. Um, you know, we were filled with water. It was, you know, hot at 90-some-odd degrees out and whatever. We'd just sit in the pool and splash around and drink a few beers and whatever else and have a great time. And we were looking for beer, and it must have been a holiday weekend or something, maybe Labor Day or Memorial Day. And there was n- probably Labor Day. There was no beer. So the only beer we could get was Schaefer, which, you know, we didn't drink the, the most quality beer in college. <laughs> the Keystones and the Milwaukee's and old mud and stuff. But Schaefer was probably on the lower end of that spectrum. Um, at least what I recall from drinking it. I don't think I've had it since, but it was so off that it was a prong tab. You had to find a prong tab. To oh open. Lord. That was the only thing they had, you know, and like you said, the grand mafioso of Berg, that's all he can find. You know, it's, it's sparse, but <laughs> we get that, we get a quarter keg of Schaefer, find a prong tab, and sit it in the waiting pool outside in some ice. And him and I sat in the waiting pool and knocked off the whole quarter keg, just him and I. Now, you know me, I'm probably a, a hundred pounds soaking wet at this point, you know, in the waiting pool. And, and, you know, I could drink a good amount, but he drank, you know, probably three quarters of that himself <laughs> easily. Uh, to the point it was getting so hot that he, st- he grabbed a ladle from inside the apartment and started basting himself <laughs> with the pool water while he was sitting in the middle of the pool. It was. Uh, <laughs> most favorite uh, of memories of him um but the other one I, that i have that sticks out is when we were tubing um and yes. i don't you remember what year but it was uh the year he went down Susie's shoot and broke his ankle yeah so he was you know obviously a larger guy you know uh, over 300 pounds i'd have to say and so his tube didn't float as fast as some of our <laughs> other ones and me being so light i was one of the first ones down <laughs> like a bullet and uh you know, after a while, we're down there two, three hours, and there's no Berg. There's no Berg, and I'm like, something's wrong. 
So I walk back up the river on the on the edge through the water and I see him standing on the side of the bank, hand, head down, arms shaking, fist clenched, just shaking in anger. I'm like, yo, are you all right? What happened? He's like, I think I broke my ankle. He's like, and everybody left me here. He's like, nobody came to, you know, check on me. And so it was next thing I know, I'm standing there and I'm like, you know, there's no cell phones back then. So I'm trying to think, how am I going to get this 300 pound guy up the road so we can try to flag down somebody and get a ride? Luckily then, you know, a car pulls up. It's one of our brothers. And I'm thinking, oh, thank God. You know, he can help me get him up the hill. Out pops Schmitty, who probably <laughs> might be build as well. Yeah, smaller than you, right. Yeah. The only two people I didn't want showing up to help me up the hill was Berg or uh, Schmitty and Gerby. So I was like, <laughs> so here Schmitty and I are trying to help him up this bank. He's sitting and kind of scooch and push himself with his bad leg. And we're like yanking him, you know, trying not to choke him. It was it was a hysterical moment. He was angry at the time, but... <laughs> Uh, we laughed about it for many, many years, you know, and then the hijinks with him in the boot, you know, and his walking boot that he had after that. I don't remember. He's oh. just <laughs> amazing, amazing guy with amazing stories and so much fun. Now, was that the same year that Nikki Butler broke her ankle or was that a different year? That was a different year. Um, cause that she was- broke hers jumping off the, off the rocks into the water. Yeah. I think that was 95. I want to say. Because Merrill was there, it was me and Merrill, and that's when we were dating, and Nikki and TJ, and I think Adam Barron. So it was the uh-huh. fun, maybe one other girl, and they jumped off that cliff, and I forget the name of the cliff now, but it, uh, yeah, she went straight down and hit her ankle and came up, and you know we're trying to help her carry her out of this, you know, the woods, and at the time Nikki wasn't very uh, slight either, so we're carrying her out, and luckily somebody went and called an ambulance, and an ambulance showed up. Well, it looked like the old man from Benny Hill. <laughs> It was probably <laughs> four foot eleven you know, years old, and I'm like, "You are not carrying this woman out of here." And he's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "I have some, you know, other coworkers coming with me." And I'm like, "Okay, great." It's two old women that are bigger than Nikki, and I'm like, "Who the hell is carrying her out of here?" So they, luckily, they brought a backboard. So, but you know, we were able to get Nikki on the backboard, and between her screaming and yelling in pain, you know, the three of us struck her out. But no, I got gotcha. you. I was involved in both broken ankles, though. Well, I remember Randy Solly leapt to Nikki Butler's aid and like built a splint out of like a headband and like two sticks because he's an Eagle Scout. And I was like, I was like, awesome, genius, because I wouldn't know what to do. But oh, yeah. you yeah, know, paperclip that he used. He always had a paperclip handy because like MacGyver, <laughs> he could fix that. <laughs> so you know, it, it's 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 good to reminisce. It's good. I think sometimes it's good good healing for our for our hearts and our soul just to talk about something. It's almost like we're having a, an online wake because this whole COVID thing going on. You know, it's like we're having an online wake. I definitely, you know, if I didn't have little league practice in another hour, or so I'd probably be having a beer right now talking with you. So yeah. you know, the next person I talk to this evening, I'm definitely gonna have a beer in honor of Sean G. Nixon. But you know, yeah. anything you want to say to wrap up? I mean, you know, I just really appreciate you being on here, dude, talking about Sean and just you know. How great of a person he was. Yeah, he, he was, uh, well, you know, like I said initially, thanks for setting all this up. I think it's a fantastic idea, and uh, it definitely helps, you know, to talk about it and to laugh about it. And, you know, like you were saying, some of his nicknames, he was not the actual great American pooping owl. Poo owl. It was, uh, he was Big Gut. Oh, Big uh, Gut. From the uh, mud. Uh, yes, I, I meant rip. to bring that up. I said, you guys are, I, I meant to, and I forgot, I'm glad you jostled my memory there, Bill, yeah. but... 
I remember you and him and several other guys were part of another secret organization that was the <laughs> antithesis of Cooth and Tax because right. we were we were not in this organization. We were like the we were the KGB to your CIA. And what <laughs> what was that? Regale us with this this great membership if you want to. Well, I won't get into too many details, but he his nickname in the uh, the group. Um, it was mud for Millersville University drunks, and there was probably about 30 to 40 members, I believe now. Um, some of the older guys have, uh, you know, a picture frame with all the different pictures of the guys and their nicknames, but everybody's nickname was a beer, and it was usually a pretty bad beer. So Berg's nickname was Olympia, which I don't think I've ever seen in a store, let alone had a, a taste of it anywhere. But apparently it's pretty bad, but uh, I got a picture of him in there uh, in the composite picture as olympia with his nickname under it is pretty funny but um he was a he was the the character big gut in the story we were camping up in the woods and the snow was probably up to my waist or chest i should say my chest everybody else's waist but so we're lugging you know two and a half kegs to this cabin and then berg went off with it you know he always drank either out of a pitcher or a gallon jug was what he drank out of his beer and he could probably drink that faster than i could drink a regular beer that's how fast he drank but uh, he would go off in the woods, and then I think it was Jack and Shaggy and uh, Jimbo that were uh, tracking him as the legendary, never-before-seen footage of Big Gut. And there was he had a pizza box sitting down in the snow with his gallon jug of beer that he would just drink and make these sounds. And, you know, they did it like a nature channel show from the side where Jack was, you know, uh, the, the famed hunter that was hunting and tracking him and. uh he was getting interviewed by you know somebody, and it was it was one of the funniest things that Berg's ever done. Uh, on top of his, I don't know if you've ever saw it, his uh, Jamaican house cleaner with uh -huh. uh, oh god, he was he his ability to ad lib was so fantastic. He had a great sense of humor, but you know he was making accents and talking like a Jamaican. And Jack Mater, I think, was doing the interviews, and you know all videotapes which are somewhere. Luckily, they haven't come out, or nobody would be <laughs> job or run office, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was like, I clean, I clean, I clean, uh, you know, and, and the vacuum, Jack, uh, Jacqueline, we clean, we clean. And it was just one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. He was <laughs> a great man and a, a great sense of humor and great heart, like you said. And, uh, you know, he, like he did, he, he was a very funny, and he, he was able to laugh at himself when jokes turned back, fired on him. And he, and he took a lot, I mean, you know, we were a pretty hateful group of people in Teak there for a while. I mean, we were breaking balls. You know, at, at meetings, at parties. I mean, you know, I, I've probably done some things to some people, like not cruelty, like physical pain. But I'm sure I've caused some mental anguish to some people that <laughs> I won't say. I won't say any names. I don't know who's listening to this, but I mean, you know, he was able to laugh at himself and, and, and tell a good joke and appreciate good humor. And you know, it's, it's friends like you. That, I mean, you've known Bird for you know 30 plus years, 32 yeah. years. I mean, longer than you know. Like I was telling my, I'll, 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 my final Berg story. I was telling my son Luke about how fast Berg could drink beers, and I said, "There's only ever one man I've ever seen drink a beer faster." And he's like, "Who was it?" I said, "It was the Titty Man." He goes, "Who?" I said, "Ron Hockman, Titty from Ogo." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "He's like, Daddy, you have some funny friends." I was yeah. like, "Yeah." I said, "The only man I've ever seen beat Berg in a chugging contest was Titty, Ron Hockman." You know. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, he was, un, I mean, he, you know, it was just amazing. And it was almost like a sideshow. Like, I remember when I was like a young freshman bringing my boys from Chambersburg up. I'm like, hey, this is our, my buddy Berg. Watch him drink a beer. It's like we, we were putting him on display. And he was okay. I, I don't know. He probably wasn't okay with it. But, I mean, he would never say 
anything to hurt anybody else's feelings that he's not okay with it. You know, he was that selfless that, you know, he was able to to roll with the punches. But, you know, yeah. Bill, thanks again for joining me, man. I'm sure people are going to, like, remember those stories. And if those videos of the legend of Big Gut and the American Pooh Owl do ever appear, I definitely would make sure they, they disappear, you know, right. so, you know. We don't want to. But, you know, tell tell your wife we said hello. Yeah. You know, uh, down there. Let's, let's get together and plan something in for real for Berg's uh, memory. And, you know, I just want to thank you for joining Shaster Says. And, you know, we still have to meet again and do the pro wrestling one. But let's let's celebrate Sean Nixon here yeah. uh, for a little while. And, and then we'll move on from there. How about that, brother? You got it, buddy. I'm in for whatever. All right, Bill. I appreciate you being on the show, man. Thanks again. Bird, we miss you. We love you. And you're looking down on us. And I'm sure on draft day, you're going to be hoping that the Eagles take Kyle Pitts, tight end oh, from God. Philadelphia. I'm cool. saying that's the that's the pick. So, yep. Bill, thanks. What's that? Him and Rick, Rick McLaughlin looking down on us. That's right. My big brother, Rick McLaughlin, they're both up there probably doing keg stands. So, yep. you know, good looking out, Bill. I appreciate you, man. I will talk to you soon. All right, brother. I love you. Love you too, man. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the season finale of season one of Shatzer Says. And this is our tribute to the big man, Sean G. Nixon, Berg, Winnie Pooh, too, White Mike, the man mountain, you know, man of many names. And uh, I'm pleased to welcome my second guest to, to this episode, who and this person was a very good friend of, of, of Berg's for years. And I've known this guest for uh, we were just reminiscing probably 35 years since we were in high school. Um she was a very good friend of Berg, very good friend of Talk at Best Law Fraternity. She was the the pride of the pink organization Delta Zeta, uh, pride of Chambersburg. And as our good dear friend George Chow would call her, he used to call her Amy Ho, but we all know her as Amy How Meisel. So Amy, welcome, welcome to the show. Nice to be here with you, Mike. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. It's been a while since we've talked, but uh, you know we're all, we're still friends on Facebook and we communicate. You know, it, you're a good friend. You were a great friend of Berg's, and if I'm not mistaken, Berg even made a few Chambersburg PA sightings. Is that correct? He has actually he has made connections here in the Berg. That is for sure. <laughs> so I guess he's an honorary Chambersburger then. Yeah, you know, um, our friendship continued on well past college to current day um we communicated frequently um you know didn't get to see him last in the last year obviously because of the world circumstances and um but we sure chatted all the time and uh, we used to have a leisure sport tournament that my husband and i would throw and he and bonson would put a team in and there and i'll just let the get the listeners use their imaginations but their team name was socks with fried eggs <laughs> so <laughs> i'll just let everybody use their imagination and um so they would come and of course you know you can't play a leisure sport without a beer in your hand and it's an all day event so they would come and compete and um 
they always did pretty well as a team. And, um, you know, after a day of playing and having your beers, um, we would wake up and it would be, you'd wake up and we'd, we'd play Where's Berg because he fell asleep here, but we don't know where he's at. And I think <laughs> one time he, he may have gone back out to his car. I'm sorry, did I lose you? Oh, I okay. got you right there. One time yeah, he may have back out to his car and one time he was out on our patio and I think that was the one that we had in November. So he slept on my patio in November in Pennsylvania. Well, hey, he is the, he is the, the man, the, the man about I mean, himself. That's, <laughs> that's right. So that's how did you first meet Berg? Hard. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> was, was Berg your big brother and Teak? Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So when I pledged, he was my Teak big brother. So, so you got to wear the blue haired dick nose, like all the rest of the girl pledges and answer all the questions, but I knew <laughs> about i need to to dig out those pictures because i have pictures of that <laughs> that's awesome so so give me some good memories of berg like i remember one time and i think you went with us i believe berg we drove down to spring garden college to go see ryan lehman's teak chapter <laughs> and you drove with us and like i think you went separately but you went down to see luann because she went to beaver college right there next to ryan lehman's college so that's they kind of knew each other before right. that too so it was kind of like you know. Yeah, and the colleges were like side by side. Yeah. Which, just on a side note, Beaver College is now Arcadia University, and that's where my son graduated from. <laughs> who's the teacher <laughs> now? <laughs> that's so awesome. Went to the former Beaver College. Isn't nice. it funny how things come full circle? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was I was telling so, Bill today um, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did go on the road trip. Um, we, I met up with Luann, and then we all met up like together. Yeah. So it was like a teak party, but not in Millersville. It was a teak party slash DZ party, whatever, at Beaver College slash right. Spring Garden College. <laughs> yeah. That, that's crazy. Yeah, it was fun. Oh my, I don't remember. I don't remember much of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that. I thought I you went with us. Yes. So, what's your best bird memory? Like, what if you yes, think about Sean Nixon? What's what's your best what's your best bird memory? Well, I mean, one of my memories obviously is one that everybody has, and that is the burning bed. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll just leave it at that because people can tell that story a lot better than I can. But I, that was definitely a memory. Um, I was Berg's um, formal date. Can't remember what year it was, but it was the year he wore the washcloth the entire time during your formal and would not remove the washcloth off his head. <laughs> what, what, what location was that in? Was that in Pocono Mountains? Was that at the beach somewhere? Or do you remember where it was? I think that one was in Ocean City. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds about right. OCMD. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was, yeah, I can see that. So I was 
formal date and my formal date wore a washcloth on his head for the entire time. But, um, you know, it was just, it's times, it, it was every time. Like, Berg thoroughly loved his fraternity and the people in it and just like the joy of those types of things. You could just see it in him all the time. Right. I mean, every, everything, a, a mixer, a party, a formal, it, it, he just loved everyone. Yes, I agree. So, the washcloth, the washcloth, I can give no explanation for, but every picture I have from the formal, he's got the washcloth on his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, and it's then, And then not long after that, he traded it out for an American beer, a case of American beer that he would wear on his head. I don't know if you remember that, uh-uh. but it was like for a long time afterwards, like every party he had American beer on his head. Did they still make American beer? I don't even know. I remember we used to say we used to drink it for the troops. I think that was what Sean used to always say about we drink, we're drinking it for the troops. But you know, that's just him. I mean, he he didn't have that's a problem. You know, he didn't have a problem being the, the 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 butt of the joke or being you know picked on. He he just liked the interaction with everyone. And you know, everyone I've read a thousand things on Facebook the last two days about Sean, and everyone says the same thing: what a kind soul he was, what a good person he was, heart of gold. You know, I don't think I could ever mm-hmm. find anyone who has a crossword to say about Sean Nixon, honestly. You know. No. No. No, not at all. You know, and I, and I think that's what makes this so tough. But, you know, it's good getting people together to reminisce. And maybe this will bring people together. You know, we've talked about doing some sort of Sean Nixon Memorial in May. His birthday is May 22nd. So I'm sure you'll be getting some type of invite. We're going to have everyone come together. Yeah. but. You know, I'm just having people get on here and give us, you know, what they loved about Berg, you know, what they remember about him. I mean, because we're going to keep his memory in our in our in our hearts and in our in our minds. I mean, it's not he's not going to go away, even though his untimely passing. So, you know, give me one last thought about Berg before I let you go home and do your thing. Well, a couple things, real quick. Okay. So, my first impression, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a new pledge and you get handed over, you know, to your big brothers. And obviously seeing Berg for the first time can be an ominous thing. Like, holy cow, this is my big brother. And he kind of like, you kind of think, I wonder if he's mean, <laughs> but he, he is genuinely the kindest gentlest person you would ever want to meet and I and I you know am so thankful that that connection was made in that way um and the the other thing that people may not know about Berg I mean he's not a he's not he wasn't a petite guy but he was a really good dancer yes he was could dance so I don't know maybe people people don't know that but Berg could dance yes he could and I, I mentioned that when i was talking to bill today i called him a dancing fool because i mean when we drove to spring garden we hit you know philly city limits and he pulled in one of his radio stations or whatever like power 98 or whatever it was and he's just bebopping and dancing and you get him on the dance floor at a formal that guy could really you're right a big dude you know the only person big like that that could dance like that was jeff palmer so i'd like to see a breakdown dance between jeff palmer and and Berg because they, they both yeah. could dance pretty good but you know 
uh, he, he was just, you know, life of the party. You know, that's all he was. He was the life of the party. He, he never met a stranger. Yes. I mean, you know, he was the one teak that everybody remembers. You know, I could have been one of a hundred dudes in the fraternity, but everyone remembers Berg, whether it's his personality or his size or whatever. But everyone remembers that guy and they always will. You know, they, everyone remembers Berg, you know, he so that's just, the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just had that knack for making everyone feel like they're the only person in the room. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, you know what? We were a better place. We're, he's in a better place. We're, a, we're better people for meeting Sean and knowing him. But you know what? I want to thank you, Amy, for, for joining my, my show today and just give us some good memories about Berg. I'm sure all the Delta Zeta love out there is going towards Sean Nixon. I mean, he was very popular with the DZs. I'm not, you know, he was very, he was very popular. I mean, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to. You know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uncommon for me to stop by 18B and see you and Michelle Hoff, my balls, and Colleen up there hanging out in 18B with just Berg watching <laughs> soap operas. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's or what about Bob? Berg and I watched that movie so many times we could recite every line. He loved <laughs> that movie. I didn't know that. So there you go. That's another Berg trivia. So <laughs> someone could, you know, maybe we'll play a Berg trivia game and say what was Berg's favorite movie, and I'm going to be like, it's What About Bob? I heard it from the source herself. That's you know that's right well amy this beats the hell out of sitting in your pantry talking to a can of iced tea but i mean you know those are another memory that you and i have and that's another story for another day but you know <laughs> i won't forget that one <laughs> exactly well thank you for joining my show don't leave yet i'm going to sign off here but i want to holler at you one more time but thanks again for joining us on shatzer says we appreciate it and i'm sure berg's looking down on you saying that's my girl right there amy Howe. i hope so thank you for having me all righty now being recorded okay everybody welcome back again and we're on Shatzer says and this is the, my third special guest in the Berg Palooza extravaganza honoring ceremony of our our dearly departed friend Sean G Nixon who passed away on Tuesday uh, March 9th my third guest is another Lynbrook legend another legend <laughs> from Weatherly Pennsylvania and it is my man Ryan Hinkle Welcome, Ryan Hinkle, the true rider on the storm. How are you doing? Thanks, Shatzer, man. Yeah, great great to talk to you tonight. Yes. You know, we're here to honor Sean Nixon, you know, Berg, as we all know and love him, the Man Mountain, the North American Poo Hour, Big Gut, whatever you want to call him. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I've already talked to Bill Measure. I've already talked to Amy Howe. I'm talking to you and some other folks. I mean, you know, how'd you meet Berg? Like, what, what do you remember how you met Berg? Yeah, it's it's funny because I was thinking of that, of course, you know, uh, with this passing, and I I honestly was like, for me, it just feels like Berg was always there in my Millersville experience. I really can't pinpoint the exact day, but I do know that really early on, um, just within a couple of weeks of being a freshman on campus, I met a whole bunch of the other guys, and uh, and we ended up going on this trip. Uh, out to uh, California University in Western Pennsylvania 
And that was my first real time that I got to hang out with these guys for like the entire weekend. And man, I just remember Bird was a was a huge part of that trip. It was it was just a great time. So you went on that trip to California when Jimbo Karkoska got his famous nickname Car Concrete, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a crazy time. And and I remember uh, most the most thing I remember about Bird that weekend was was when Jimbo went down, I was trying to essentially rally a a, a response and and go back to try to save Jimbo from this from this massive uh, riot or whatever that was going on. And Berg was on me like man to man. And he was like, you are not going anywhere. You're staying here. And he had nothing but good intentions. And it was all about just keeping the rest of us uh, uh, in a secured area type of thing. It was it was crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's he, Berg probably didn't know you that well. You were probably some punk nosed freshman. He's probably a sophomore, yeah. junior in college. But he's looking out for some young punk out there. Make sure he doesn't get in a, in a jam somehow, you know. And, and that's that's exactly right. I mean, that's the way I always remember Berg was he always was looking out for somebody else. And 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 he was the kind of guy that you could, you know, you could talk to just about anything. But he was the guy who was always welcoming, especially the new people coming in. And then but if you got out of line, he'd let you know. And uh, and then you'd uh, you'd find yourself probably pretty shortly getting getting straight again because it was a. Uh, he was just—he just had that kind of uh, character to himself. Well, you know, you know, Amy Howe mentioned that she said when she, you know, Berg was Amy Howe's big brother in Teak, so she had to do the blue-haired dick nose and all that stuff like we used to do with the pledges. And uh, you know, she said when she first met Berg, she was so intimidated by him because she said he looked mean. He was a big dude. She goes, in reality, he's just a big teddy bear. I'm like, yeah, that's what he is. You know, he was—he's just a big teddy bear. So. You know, the ladies loved him. He was like damn Charlie on Charlie's Angels. He always had two or three chicks on his lap, and he, you know, all the girls loved to talk to him. He knew everyone's secrets. You know, he he could have sold a tell-all yeah. book of Millersville. You know what I mean? You know, and, and I think one of the things about about him was that he, you know, he did not uh, have any sorts of lines like, "Oh, I can't talk to that person," or "I can't be friends with that person." I, I was just reminiscing with somebody earlier today. Uh, just another one of these sort of catch-up calls in in the wake of this uh, of this loss, and he, we, what we were talking about was how he was sort of like the glue that held a whole bunch of people together, and and in fact, in times where you know you might say, oh, I, I don't like that person, he'd be like, hey, I'm friends with that person, you can be friends with that person, you know what I mean? He was just that kind of person that kept people together. I agree. He he was the glue. I mean, but like I say, everybody like we had. Let's say we had forty brothers in Teak. Not many people might not know who Mike Schatzer was, or Ryan Hinkle, or Eric Klotz, or George Chow. But everybody knew who Berg was. You know, his, no, he was the he was the legend of Millersville. I mean, everyone knew him. You know, I, I mean, I I think he's he's probably credited with getting more people to rush that fraternity and and really be part of it than anybody else I can think of. Yeah, and he never wanted an office. He never wanted notoriety. He was just—he was happy to be in Teak. You know, he was happy to be the big dude in Teak and get things done. And he never wanted credit. That's just how selfless he was. I mean, he—you know—but you know what I remember the most about Berg? Remember that big piece of shit car he used to drive? That big like Oldsmobile that like it, it always started, but boy, that thing was a load. I remember seeing you guys rolling out of there, you and Bill Measure and Maisie and Berg. Yep. And- you guys got packed in there like sardines, that's you know. That's a gray monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It was probably on one of the trips to uh, Ten Cent Wing Night, or when we used to go for free tacos at Chi Chi's, or or a, a, a late night drive to Hardee's, or something like that. You know. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned Chi Chi's because I mentioned that to Amy too. I was like, you know, the one, I remember Berg and I used to go to Chi Chi's on Fridays, like Friday <laughs> afternoons. They had some sort of like lunch special, like buffet, and him and I would yeah. go into Chi Chi's for like two, three hours and just like destroy the bar and destroy the tacos and then roll back to Lindbrook and be like, oh, that was good. I mean, Chi Chi's. That's totally. I, I'm glad someone else remembers going to Chi Chi's with Berg. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Five five dollar taco night or whatever it was. You know. <laughs> 10 cent wings. Yeah, you can hit it up at Charlie's and you could go to the Lion's Paw, right? And all the, all the places, man. <laughs> I think that's why I'm not such a big wing eater anymore because we had wings so often, you know. And Berg was usually the center of attraction. I mean, you know, uh, I remember when I worked for Sugar Bowl, I brought Berg like two Stromboli's one night at like 11 o'clock <laughs> at night, you know. And he had, I ended up going back over there like afterwards, like an after hours, and he had eaten one and a half stromboli and left the other half for the next day. I'm like, well, at least you saved some, you know. I mean, it's, that's just the way he was. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he he also came to Weatherly for Hinklepalooza. Didn't we have a weekend? We stayed at your parents' house. At, at least one. At least one. Yep. I remember. Yep. Having, I had I had four. I had four of those events, and. Uh, and then it finally got to a point where the guy at the local beer shop was like, you guys have officially bought more beer than the local bar here in town. So I said, it was time to shut her down. We'll just take the win and and, and let it end on top, you know? That's right. And, and Berg, Berg was a leader of finishing on top when it came to drinking beer. I, I told Bill, I said, you know, I don't think I've ever seen any, I've only ever seen one man beat Berg in chugging competition. And that was Ron Hockman, Titty from Oga. It was the only person I've ever seen beat Berg in a chugging competition. Well, you know. one, one more than me, because I'm not sure I could have named somebody that ever did it. So <laughs> I hear you. So give me your best Berg memory. I mean, just something that, if whenever, like for the next 30 years, and you think of Berg, what's the first thing you're going to think of? I mean, you know, so I, I re there, there's really two things. One was that this, um, so Bill and, and Berg and I used to, on Friday afternoons, hop in his car, ride around town, listen to tunes, maybe stop at Jack's, right? Sort of make our way around. And it was always just a good time, the, the three of us hanging out together for a couple hours after after classes were over, you know, like on that, that late Friday afternoon. You never knew where you were going to end up, right? Sometimes you ended up at the Pinnacle. Sometimes you ended up at Jack's, whatever it was, you know, it was always just a, a good sort of couple hours to go hang out someplace. Um, and for me, the other one was uh, some times where, you know, it was sort of away from Millersville and, and uh, a couple of us used to go up to Jack's cabin and go on these fishing trips. And we'd go up and, and, and uh, do some trout fishing, uh, you know, in the late spring. And um, and I'll never forget it. There was, Berg would, would pick a place and, and he, would, he would hang out by the creek for the, for the afternoon. And he'd be drinking buds and hanging out there. And he and I'd say, Berg, aren't you gonna find a different spot? And he's like, they gotta come by here sooner or later. <laughs> so it was I'll just never forget it. I mean, it was just good, good little things like that. And um, you know, the thing about Berg is that he was a guy you could you could share anything with and and talk to about anything, you know what I mean? And and he he was he actually had a pretty deep side to him too. I I know he used to do a lot of reading and man he could 
he could hold a sports conversation with just about anybody. And I mean, it was, you know, always loved the guy. Yeah. He, diehard Eagles fan, diehard Phillies fan. I think the only person that had more love for the Philadelphia Phillies than me was Berg. And I know Berg and I, we've taken some trips on a Wednesday afternoon to a businessman special down in, down at the old vet in Philadelphia. You know, we just blow off classes on a Wednesday and go down to a, a businessman special at 1230. And we just go to watch the Phillies. I mean, him, it'd be me, Berg, and like Dan Forrest and maybe somebody else. We'd go down and get like $10 tickets, watch the Phillies, and then come home. You know, and he loved yeah. he loved the Phils, he loved the Sixers, he loved the. I mean, he was just by far though. He's such an Eagles fan that you know Craig Mesmer and I were doing a sports podcast too, and we mentioned Berg yesterday, and, and Mes broke down the Eagles for in honor of Sean. So I mean, even people that weren't antique guys in Acacia, guys who weren't in fraternities, guys who played football, girls from every organization, everybody, uh, it'd be hard pressed Ryan to find someone who has a bad word to say about Berg. Wouldn't you agree? No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. He's, you know, he'll definitely be missed. Right. He will be missed, but not forgotten by any means. But, dude, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy family life to to give us a few minutes of your time and talk about Berg. Man, it's always good catching up with you, Ryan. Don't be a stranger. You know, uh, you know, be around. I hope to see you maybe in May if we do some sort of memorial. And, you know, Bill mentioned that, you know, right now, Rick, Rick McLaughlin, my big brother, and Berg are probably up in heaven right now doing keg stands and playing horseshoes and, you know, all that good stuff. No doubt. Another one of the greats, man. Uh, you know, all, think of these guys often. So, well, I love it. I agree. And it's a shame that, you know, both Sean and his little brother, Matt McBeth, both passed away way too early. So let's keep them all in our, in our thoughts and prayers tonight. But Ryan, again, tell Amy and the kids we said hello. Thanks again for joining me on Shatzer Says. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to move on to our next guest, and I'll be right back on Shatzer Says. The episode dedicated to Sean G. Nixon. Thanks again, Ryan. I appreciate you, man. Take care, Shatzer. Love you, man. All right. All right, buddy. All right, everybody, I'm back again with guest number four, another uh, famous Millersvillian from, from back in the early 90s. This man is the only person I know that could make a white sweater, white turtleneck sweater look as good as it does on a Ricola commercial. I remember when he was pledging, we'd, Andy Jacobs and I would always be like, Ricola, and he'd have to do some sort of a yodel or some some act like that. But, you know, the good old days. But again, it's my man, Beaujolais, Andy Yost, Boj. Thank you for joining the show and our rem remembrance of Sean Nixon. How you doing, friend? I'm doing great, brother. How you doing? I can't complain. I, I wish it was better circumstances that that we met uh, again for the longest time. But you know, it's good catching up with you and good with everyone catching up with each other in, in these in these sad times. But you know, I don't want it to be a sad time. I want it to be a joyful time. You know, our, our show. We're talking about Sean Nixon. I mean, you you spent a lot of time with Berg. Did you ever live with Berg, or you just? I never lived with Berg. There was a point in time in between the dorms and uh, Lindbrook where I was basically a hobo scooting amongst <laughs> a, a couple different apartments, whether it be uh, what were the boys uh, were Hinkle and those guys lived. Was that 21? Was that B? Yeah, 21 C? B, I think. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So I might have slept there on a couch a couple times. I know I definitely crashed at the house of Berg many times. Uh, 
Lindbrook is a legendary for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So everyone knows Berg. I mean, I everyone I've I've seen on Facebook, no one no one can say a, a crossword about Berg. And you even mentioned about your wife, you know, Michelle, who you know, if you're a radio listener in in uh, Lancaster area, everyone knows Michelle. That's Central PA. But what did, what did she have to say before we even talk about you, dude? What did your wife have to say? I mean, she just said, "Hey, listen, you know, I." she's she's kind of like me you know you don't like to jump in the midst of something just to, to jump on a bandwagon she said hey look i didn't know berg that well i didn't spend a lot of time with him but she's like i can say this a uh, couple different stories when it comes to michelle for uh for for mr nixon um first and foremost she just said hey social media um all that together he was always the first person she just said hey looking back through my history like clockwork every year happy birthday from sean nixon um anytime she updated a profile picture was there with some kind words hey gorgeous lady looking good good to see you that kind of stuff so um you know even she had a story where she was out so again she does a, a an early morning radio show here locally and so they're up and about so like they're done with work what 10 o'clock in the morning so they want to go out after work for happy hour that's 10 o'clock in the morning so <laughs> hey man there's a couple spots around here where they you can go out and do that and you go hang out with some third shifters and uh she was over to spot in mount joy one time and ran over to sean over there and uh had a good uh couple hours just catching up with him having a couple beers and just saying hello so uh always nice to see his friendly face she uh she wanted to pay a little bit of tribute there not knowing him too well but the experiences she did have were all positive i hear you but it, that wasn't at mosby's pub was it <laughs> damn right it was <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Where knew else it. would it be? <laughs> he loved you know you know who else loved Mosby's pub besides Berg? Tra? Jason Hanna. J J uh. <laughs> not, not Tra. Jason Hanna loved Mosby's pub as well. He he loved Mosby's pub. But you know, I was part of that third shifters when I worked at UPS. And you are correct. It wouldn't be uncommon to see Berg at the East Petersburg Inn there with all the third shifters from QVC, because he was working at QVC for a while. And us third shifters from UPS, and we'd meet at the East Petersburg Inn and throw darts. You know, me, Bob Espasto, Chris Fagan. Chris Woodstock, Fagan, wow. Wood, Woodstock, we'd all go to East Pete, you know, and East Petersburg Inn there after UPS on a Friday and drink a couple pitchers and then, you know, do what it is we do that day. But, you know, so how'd you meet Berg? You remember the first time you ever, like, spent any considerable time with Berg? No, I think uh, probably if memory recalls correctly, um, you know, mine is much akin to a lot of some of the the, the younger guys that we know that uh, their first memories of Berg. You run into him at a party and you're like, holy hell, who is this guy? <laughs> Lo and behold, once the facade drops down and you, you realize the guy is, he's a big teddy bear. So uh, always uh, very quick-witted, um, funny dude to hang out with. Just, uh, But also... Uh, you know, you catch him at certain times, very serious, down to earth, getting getting conversational, talking about, you know, how you doing, man? Let's talk a little bit about what's up with you. What are you, what are you up to? So uh, I always thought that was special, hanging out with him. But yeah, I mean, uh, where do I even start? I mean, Lindbrook, said and done. Um, <laughs> I watched him one night just destroy people in a chugging contest, just people I had to help back to their apartment. Just, you know, I'm like, you know, I warned you before you did it, but you know, I know the egos aside. All right, pal, let's get you home. Make sure you survive another day. So, uh, you got that. And what, what else? What was his apartment? Was that 18? 18 B. He lived there with Donahoe Jigs and Ray Laughlin. 
I mean, we're, we're, I, I don't even know where to start there. So many stories. I, I was recollecting with uh, Dan Forrest the other night. He called me and we, we checked in and talked and shared some stories. And we're, we were recollecting about his bedroom, which were, you know, several mattresses stacked on top of one another next to the broken window. Because, uh, <laughs> hey, you got to have perpetual uh, air conditioning throughout the year. <laughs> got to well, stay you know, cool. You know, Amy mentioned the, the burning bed incident whenever they took his bed and threw it off the balcony and threw it on one of those couch fires, and he was so pissed. He's like, that's my mattress, you know, and one of the three that he, he slept on top of. You know, he, he was a very minimalist person, you know, wasn't oh. very wasn't very fancy, but, you know, he knew what he liked. He liked the Strombolis, you know. Remember, me and you used to always say, Berge, instead of saying Polly Wanda Cracker, it was always <laughs> Bergie Wanda Bully, you know. Yes, sir, that originated a hate stock. <laughs> the Adamstown Rod and Gun Club, the one – the one mother funk concert I went to that I got shot. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Pearl walking around trying to figure out where we're going to go set up our tents, not realizing that it was a live gun club walking down. <laughs> we're like, is it raining? We're walking by the pond. Oh, no, that's buckshot falling in the water. Ow, what just hit me? Yeah, that's it was raining lead. I, I remember Berg sitting up there at Hatestock under the, under the cover of the RV, Chad Seibert's RV, the open road. And yes. Berg just sat there next to the awning and next to the keg. He didn't care about the music. He just wanted to hang out with his friends and just drink beer. You know, now that, that was this Berg. I mean, you know, that, that was just him. Oh. Uh, Talk about 18B some more. His, uh, I couldn't tell you. We talked about, you talked about the blizzards previously out there. We talked about some snow, some snow day on some previous podcasts. I remember uh, Atom Barron. Uh, stripping down to his skibbies, jumping off Berg's balcony, and then uh, us locking the front door, not letting him back inside. Um, just inside howling with Berg and everybody else. We had uh, what was it? The uh, the burning of the furniture the night the uh, the Phillies blew it. And what was that? Ninety three. Ninety three. That's right. So uh, lots of good times. I recollect spending out there with Sean. Uh, many a good time. Well, you know, the one the one I, you, you brought back my a memory of, of a Limbrook party is Berg was on the back porch of, I don't know if it was 20C, 20B, and the railing gave way. And, you know, oh, there, good Lord. There's Berg and the girl, I, I don't want to say her nicknames, I don't want to embarrass her, but she was on the back porch with Berg and that railing gave away and she fell first, then the railing, and then Berg on top of her and she ended up breaking her arm. And yeah, her uh, her wrist was pretty messed up because she had it inter- intermingled amongst the uh, I don't know what you call them the spindles and the railing. Yeah. So, uh, oof. And, and Berg just gets up and shakes it off like a big old grizzly bear, and like nothing happened. And the only thing he yeah. was concerned about is where's my cup? Yeah, we rushed downstairs, and it was uh, you all right, you all right, and it was oh, oh, where's my beer? <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we get you your medicine. Come on. Yeah, he fell off the railing and knocked the railing down, and and the girl broke her wrist. I, I think her nickname was the Shitter, if I'm not mistaken. But then she broke her wrist, and she I don't get, I don't know whatever happened to her after that. I mean, she kind of fell out of favor with that. But you know, Bird just shook it off like it was nothing. You know, it was like it was nothing. Yes, he did. Yeah, and I'll never forget, even, you know, everybody will share this down the line. You have stories from pledging as far as trying to, to knock Berg out of your pledge line. And just uh, ultimate failure. Like, All right, I'll give it the old college try. But <laughs> I mean, he was he was perpetually our anchor 
on tug of war during Greek week. You know, oh. we always knew we had Berg as the anchor and you, you had Macy who was a big fella and Walt Yost was a big fella and, and Ryan Hinkle was a big dude and Towns was a big dude, but you always had to make sure that Berg was available for the anchor. And that's all he oh, had yeah. to do was be the anchor. You know, he was the yeah. anchor for, for the tug of war. And, and that, you know, we, we took advantage of his big size, but you know, it helped us win a bunch of Greek weeks. So it, it, it's a win-win. And like Amy Howe said, he loved Teak. Even when he wasn't an active student on campus, he was still an active member of our fraternity. And you know, you were you were Preakness for several years. You know, you were after Steve Yakovella, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, Berg had been there a long time, and I'm, I guarantee you, probably people who are antique now still know who Berg is. They don't know who Mike Schatz at Rose Size 100 is, but they know who Berg is. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 still amazed that uh, just watching the you know follow up on the post about the news of his passing and just seeing the different stories that people are sharing, and I'm like who the hell is that person? And, uh, you know, they're sharing pretty specific stories about, uh, about Sean. And, uh, I'm like, wow, this is awesome to see the, uh, the number of lives he touched. And just, you know, we, we like, we tend to think about our, uh, our experience at college, right. You know, and it was this year to this year, but, uh, you know, he was there, he was a fixture and he touched a lot of guys' lives. So it was really cool to see that. I agree. And, you know, and and maybe the, the benefit of all this is we're all touching base again. I mean, I've talked to people the last two two days that I haven't talked to. You know, yeah, we're friends on Facebook. And I might like your post or might comment, but actually communicating with people like I haven't talked to Bill Measure in a couple of years. I haven't talked to Amy Howe or Ryan Hank or you, for that matter, in several years. So, yeah. you know, maybe this is maybe in the grand scheme of things, this is Sean Nixon giving back to us, getting people back together because you know that's what we need. I mean, we were all so close when we were all undergrads and you know you're younger than me so you pledged in what spring 92 spring 93 yeah 93 so i mean you know i told bill him and i are coming up on our 30th this is our 30th anniversary of our pledge class you know yeah. the, zeta, the zeta trash so we're coming up on 30 years so you know i've known berg at least 31 years uh so you know i met him early on and i, I told bill the story that when i became social chairman of teak that berg took me around to all the different distributors and introduced me to all the owners so they knew who i was and they never once checked my id so for two years i was a social chairman at 19 20 years old buying keg beer for teak fraternity parties and mixers and no one none the wiser you know oh man to that note so back to another you know in that same vein another limbrook story um living uh we uh old pearl bill o'neill and i were able to uh be lucky enough to uh procure uh the king daddy's kingdom at uh <laughs> 14a right or was that i don't know 14 something i can't even remember it was that long ago but hell we weren't of age to go buy beer so uh when we were throwing parties we needed somebody to go go get the kegs with us so uh who do i recruit on one occasion mr berg mr sean nixon so uh you know, we roll out in my 82 Mercury Links styling. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled out to Kirkner's, somehow fit two uh, half barrels in the in the car along with me and Berg. But pulling back into Lindbrook, we got to the first uh, uh, speed bump. And I, I stopped the car and I'm like, I'm really sorry, dude, but I need you to get out. <laughs> and he's like, he just looked at me and he laughed. He goes, you motherfucker <laughs> and he got out of the car proceeded to walk to the other side of the speed bump allowed me to drive over my fucking car still dropped something going over with the beer in it and he hopped back in and we made it to our destination and got back to drinking but uh yeah that's just another one that popped into mind and maybe thinking about going on uh trips to uh the beer distributor to procure some uh, some liquid gold for our our adventures
I mean, I, I took some road trips with Berg. You know, Berg went with us down to Spring Garden to see, to, to, uh, to Reggie's Teak Chapter down there. And Amy Howe was with us down there. So it was kind of like a Teak party. And she had a mutual friend from high school that went to Beaver College. And, we, and they all knew Reggie. So, you know, it's, Berg loved to do road trips. Like he was, if I say, Red, I say, Berg, we're going to Timbuktu. When are we leaving? You know, he's ready to rock and roll. He's a, he was a light traveler. All he needed was his wallet. And he's yep. ready to rock and roll. You know, he didn't have to take anything fancy because he didn't need anything to sleep on. He could sleep wherever he was. It didn't oh, matter yeah. to him. So he was a light traveler. But, you know, just such a good just such a good human being. And, you know, I'm saying the same things with everyone because it's the same same thing. No one has a bad word to say. Everyone's going to – he is going to miss deeply. But he, I guarantee you this, he will not be forgotten. And hopefully on May 22nd, I believe it's a Saturday, we can all get together in Millersville and celebrate his life you know, in some way, shape, or form. But you know, give us one last one last thought about about Berg before we before I sign off, man. Berg, he was one guy that uh, you know you could stay in touch with uh, barely as I did. I mean, uh, I'd see him around town when he was still a local. But like you said, you you like some stuff, you make some comments on social media, all the rest of it. But you catch up with the guy in person. It was like you didn't miss a beat, just like any other rest of us. But, you know, you sit down and uh, reminisce about the old times. But, you know, he's a dude that you talk to that you can sit down and talk to. And he he genuinely cared and wanted to hear about your personal stuff and just talk about that kind of stuff. And it was always nice to have somebody there that would, uh, you know, spend the time and want to listen and genuinely be interested in what you had to say. I, I agree. And, and it was a genuine care. I mean, and he didn't care if you asked about him or how he was doing. He was more worried about how you were doing and, and what could he do to make your life a little easier that day. So, Beaujolais, thanks again, dude, for joining us, man. I know it's short and sweet. We're trying to get a bunch of people on here, and this is going to be a long-ass episode. You know, it's going to be like the, the, the two-hour season finale of, like, the A-team or something. But, you know, thanks again for joining us, dude. Give Michelle our love, the girls, everything. You know, hopefully we'll see each other in the next month or two. But, you know, I know you were the guy that had to pass out all the information, and I, and I appreciate you reaching out to me early on and, and letting us know about the untimely passing of Sean Nixon, dude. But I guarantee you right now, he is smiling and he is saying, fly, Eagles, fly, for all you daggum Eagles fans, man. Go Birds. <laughs> go Birds. Well, Boge, don't go anywhere, man. I appreciate you being on my show, and we will talk again soon. Sounds good, brother. Take care. All right, bud. All right, everybody, we're back again with another great guest memorializing Sean G. Nixon. And this person actually was another one of the first guys I met in Talking About Epsilon next to Berg. But this guy actually lived with Berg, so he can tell you all the gritty details. We won't get too much into it, but I'm going to welcome one of one of Sean's roommates from 18B Lindbrook Apartments, which was that was an infamous apartment. I mean, you got dudes living there. Rob Donahoe, Ludlow from Ogo, Walt Yost. Berg, and now also this guy, Mr. Conestoga Jiggs himself, David Scott Westner. Jiggs, how are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, Mike. Glad to be talking with you. It, it's it's a, you know it, it's a shame we haven't talked in probably 15 20 years really but and it's a shame that we're getting together to, to memorialize such a great person. But it's 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 amazing how many people from 1988 at Millersville alone through now like Teak Brothers kids. I saw a kid post on the ta- on the roadside 
page. He was stroll number 149. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? How's he know Berg? You know, Berg's my friend, but you know, Berg knows everybody. So, you know, what can you say about Berg? What, what can you say that maybe hasn't been said yet about Sean Nixon? I mean, what, what, what can you say about him, man? I'm, I'm sure everyone's already said how, you know, he's an awesome guy and, and all that, all that great stuff. Um, but he truly was amazing. And, and like I, the biggest thing I am amazed to see is actually how many lives he has touched, you know, just seeing like all the people pouring out and, and bringing up stories and, and memories and all that. It's amazing of how many people he touched. Um, our days, I had the early days with him when, you know, first in college and stuff. Um, he was my pledge brother, you know, we we're both, you know, freshmen, second, second semester. So that was early on in, in our college careers. And, you know, I think T kind of defined who we were, um, our whole pledge class, honestly. Right. Um, the, the Delta duds as they, as you guys recalled back then, yeah. I remember calling you guys the Delta duds, but you know, you were a strong group. You had some strong, some strong dudes in that class. It was you and Rob Donahoe and. And and Berg and who Bar, I think Barney was in that pledge class too, correct? Barney, Barney Ray, Glenn Hager, Pepiot, Bodie. <laughs> you know, I did a John I did a, I did a John Pepiot invitation today. Matter of fact, we were watching TV and a guy was talking on TV and said that dude talks like Jim Pepiot. You know, guys, your psych <laughs> really sucks, man. I love Jim Pepiot because Jim Pepiot always reminded me of Bon Jovi. You know, he just had that Bon Jovi look about him. <laughs> And, and Berg used to break his balls about looking in the mirror all the time. And, you know, Berg was good at breaking balls, but Berg was really good at, at taking it back because, you know, he got he got it pretty heavy too. So, but, you know, that, that was a good thing. But you're right, though. He touched so many lives and, you know, uh, just amazing. I mean, and I heard stories today talking with Bill Measure this afternoon, and he was telling about the time when Berg broke his ankle when we all went inner tubing. Oh, yeah. That was you know, I, totally, I, I totally forgot about that, you know? Yeah, but remember it was two people because I think yes. – same trip, Tracy Pendergrass. Um, no, it wasn't Tracy Pendergrass. It was Nick. Did Tracy Pendergrass break her ankle too? I believe so. Yeah. Because I know Nikki Butler broke her ankle on one of those uh, trips too. But maybe, maybe it was Nikki. But I could swear it was Tracy Pendergrass. I know. Uh, it is what yeah. it is. But that was a messed up trip. And those those days, you know, it, it was bad. You know, I think every one of us said, "Screw it," we just kept going down the river. You know, but. <laughs> It's too much drinking involved. You can't make <laughs> decisions. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Bill mentioned that uh, you know everyone was already at the end of the river, and they're like, "Where the hell's Berg?" And Berg's up the river by himself because he had a broken ankle and couldn't get down. So yeah. he said, "Of all people, it was him and Schmitty that had to help him get up the hill." Uh-huh. The two, the two smallest guys next to Gerby in the fraternity. Another, another pledge brother, Schmitty. Yeah, you know, and uh, the two small, two of the three smallest dudes in Teak had to help Berg get his big tail up that hill, but they, they made it. You know, they got him in that old that green or that silver car, his that Oldsmobile four door Oldsmobile that was just you know a big POS out there. But that thing always cranked up for Berg, you know. So it awesome, it fit fit plenty of kegs in the back too. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I, I told Bill this story that you know after I got into Teak, I joined. And I got in, I was social chairman and Berg took me around to all the different distributors and introduced me as like, this is the next guy you need to sell your beer to. 
and they never once questioned me about my ID. They took Berg's word for it that he was the dude. I, I told Bill he's like a, he was like a mafioso. Like don't don't mess with this kid. Just sell him the beer when he needs it. You know. And that's the way it was with him. You know, he had that kind of that kind of clout around town that everyone knew, knew Berg. But you know, what was it like living with Berg? I mean, you know, I know I know he was a mess and he loved his Madden and he loved his Eagles. But you know, what's it like living with a dude like that? You know, such a good person like that. I mean, I'm sure you had some stories. Yeah, I mean, we were living in 18B at the time. It was Walt, myself, Ray, Lachlan, Rob Donahoe. Donahoe decided he wanted to move out to Bradley, and next in was Berg. And uh, Ray and I uh, put him into Walt's room. We were like, hell no. Um, <laughs> but it, it was strange. Like, I just talked to Ray last night over all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, you'd go in the fridge and... and You'd think you had food in there and there was no food. You know, he would go on a health kick. He would he would say, you know what, I'm going to start eating salads. But his salad was, you know, the, a, a huge bowl and a whole bottle of dressing. Um, <laughs> you would, you'd bring a, a girl home and, and there's Berg's passed out in the living room on his futon, on our futon, and just his tidy whities And it's like, you know, don't look over there. Um, but... But he was awesome, you know. And and Ray, on this on last night when we're, when on the text messaging back and forth, he still has you know the, the look he remembers from Berg is when the night that we uh, got tired of Berg sleeping in the living room, and we started the bonfire out in the courtyard where yep. Donahoe took the, the futon, put it out there. Um, next minute, everyone else was saying, "Hey, I'm gonna throw stuff in there too." Big bonfire, the fire department <laughs> comes out. And I don't know, someone said like the mayor or some news person's out there and Donahoe's getting interviewed as, as being a hero for helping putting the thing out. But he's the freaking <laughs> one that started it. Um, you know, but, Amy Howe mentioned the time that Berg's mattress caught on fire. So, I mean, th th people remember those stories. I mean, it was Berg's mattress that just, yeah. poof, you know, one of those Limbrook fires, you know, it was awesome. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I remember one time I'm hanging out over there and it's early, the, early the morning. Do what now? I'm sorry. I missed you there. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, we were just tired of him uh, sleeping in the living room. Um, <laughs> like, another thing was he was—he always swore that he couldn't be knocked down. So while he was living with us, every moment we had, we'd try to blindside him and tackle him. But sure enough, we couldn't, I couldn't get him on the freaking ground. Ray's and you're a hockey knocked. player. Ray was a beast. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was awesome. I, I, I remember he one time I'm, hang guy, I, I, you know? I'm hanging. I'm hanging. I'm do anything for him. He did anything for him. I agree. I remember hanging out one night with Berg at, at your apartment. I think it's just me and Berg and somebody else and and Ray. And for some reason, Ray Lachlan and I didn't see eye to eye. I don't know what it was, but you know, Ray comes storming in the apartment. He's like, Shatzer, get out. And I'm like, damn, Berg, what did I do? He's like, dude, you might want to get out. He's pretty pissed. He, I was like, oh, so I just got up and just walked out. I was like, I don't know what I did, but you know, Berg, Berg had my back there. He was kind of the shield between me and Ray, but you know, Ray came in pissed off. Shatzer, get out. You know, and I was like, okay, so. You know, Bird stepped in and said, you know, let this, you know, leave it be. <laughs> yeah, but at that at that time, you know, Ray and Bird didn't like, uh, didn't like how you, me, and Donahill get sneak off around like a dumpster and stuff and, and uh, <laughs> have some fun. Like those, those two were totally against that fun. Right. But, you know, later on, you know, Sean changed his mind on that, you know, after we graduated from school. That's right. That's right. He came over to the dark side. So, you know, good good times had by all. I remember one time, another story that uh, Walt had a had a visitor, an uh, overnight guest, and, and Burr got a hold of a microphone and a speaker, and he was really loud saying, 
Walter. Bring out that special someone, Walter. We're all waiting to see who this special someone was. And Walt comes out with that shit-eating grin that Walt Yost had. And just like, come on, guys. Leave, leave it alone. And I, I still never remember who the special someone was that got walked out. But Berg had, you know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. And Berg's on a microphone saying, Walter. Bring out that special someone, Walter. You know, just, That's just the kind of things that Berg would do. And, you know, you never knew what you are going to get from him. So that's awesome. He <laughs> was awesome. I mean, I... I, I Another thing I saw on Facebook was, you know, everyone's talking about how Friday afternoons at Feinberg at Jack's, mm-hmm. but they really don't know how that all started. You know, that started our, uh, the year we were pledging, like uh, Donahoe, Ray and myself and Berg, at lunchtime would get Gus and Nina or Matt Rollins to go get us a, a beer ball. We'd put in our backpack and sneak it in the burrows, you know, the, the fortress where you can't bring alcohol in. And we'd skip all of our afternoon classes and get hammered drinking the beer ball. And then show up to dinner drunk as anything. Um, later on, like the next semester, we said, you know, I think we'll turn 21. We're like, screw this. So we just at lunchtime go to Jack's for lunch and then just start pounding beers and miss classes in the afternoon. And that's really how everyone ended up, you know, knowing that Berg is at Jack's at lunchtime. But it started with beer balls. Which was, you know, we had a blast in Burroughs. Well, that's probably why I didn't go to class. I, I let off you guys' example of missing classes on Fridays. That's probably one reason I should have hung out with you and Rob Donahoe. You know, that's why they call him Straight Kitty. You know, so. Yeah. But anyways, but you know, good times. I mean, and you gotta say, you gotta admit, living with Berg was. Do what now? I don't know how any of us graduated. You know, <laughs> all the drinking we did and staying up, and, and that's the other part with Berg. You know, it wasn't just one beer. It was we. There's cases after cases, you know, the guy liked to drink and you better drink with him. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, I hear you. But, you know, great stories by Berg. You know, he was just a great person. He liked to party. He was the life of the party. He was the party. So, you know, we're going to miss him. But, we're you know, hopefully this memorial that we're doing for him on, on my on my podcast here, people can listen to it and be like, man, I, you know, either going to say, man, those guys really love that guy. Or, Damn, they were really jerks to him. So I, I hope it's I hope it's the, the, the better than the worst that we, we treated him well. And he loved us and we loved him. And we're going to miss him, dude. But, you know, Jigs, it's been too long. But I want to thank you for coming on today. And give me one last thought of Berg, man. If, if Berg's watching our podcast right now or listening to it besides fly eagles fly what's your one thing about berg you want to throw out there uh he he was the worst person to drive on a road trip um (laughs) we were going to new jersey i get you know maybe janine DePaul's or or one of those places he was one driving walt ray and i were in the car ray's busy throwing walt shoes out in the highway and, and us just drinking and next minute we're in Delaware. He, he took a right instead of a left and we're having to camp out in freaking Walt's mom's Bethany Beach, like lot or whatever it was. And <laughs> I feel kind of bad because like, like last week I put a picture of that road trip and, and reached and said on Facebook, said, hey guys, it's time to do another road trip. I didn't mean <laughs> it to be a, you know, the last trip for Berg, but you know, that, him passed out in the back of his station wagon that, you know, it I saw that picture. It just summed us up, you know. We we would just go at it hard, and, and we and we cared about each other hard, and you know, it, it was a bond that was unbreakable. I hear you, and that and it, it's going to continue. I think there's so much outpouring of love and respect for for Berg that you know his name. Hopefully, the fraternity will do something for him, and I'm hoping in May that we all can get together on his birthday and and celebrate and just 
you know, pick up where we left off. Because I think, you know, Beaujolais said this, that some of us, our bond was so strong that I think if I just showed up at Millersville and, and ran into some of you guys at Jack's, our, it'd be like we didn't even stop talking to each other. You know, uh, I did an episode with AJ a couple weeks ago, and it was the same that we picked up right, right where we left off. You know, so that's the bond that we had in Teak. You know, I think we were a very strong fraternity when we were on there. And, you know, we, we won Greek week every year, as we called it, Teak week. And, you know, Berg was a big part of that. Berg didn't do much except for he was the anchor on the damn, on, on the tug of war. And you knew when you had Berg, Towns, Ray, Walt, Ryan Hinkle, you know, that, that's some beef on that on that tug of war line. So maybe that's why we were so dang good. Berg was that anchor. He just set that big ass down and, and go. So, you know. We're, de- we're definitely going to miss it. But, dude, thanks, Jigs, for, for joining me. And I appreciate your time and your efforts. And uh, I see that you're ready to leave and do some golfing. So so keep the big guy when you hit that when you hit that hole-in-one in Myrtle Beach. You know, raise up to, to Berg. You might have something to do with that. And hopefully, you know, in honor of Berg, and you're, and you're an Eagles fan, correct, Jigs? Who who the Eagles oh, take? Definitely. Who do the Eagles take with the first pick in, in, in pick six in the first round? Who do you think the Eagles take? Shit. Uh, I think they're gonna screw it up. I have no idea. There better not be a freaking quarterback. Hurt hurts <laughs> is a good quarterback. You know he'll get them where they need to go. They just need to. I don't know. I wish I'd trade back a little bit and just get an offensive lineman that will be there for a while. I got gotcha. you. Whatever. Well, yeah. I did my, my other my other sports podcast, Craig Mesmer and I, and Craig wasn't in Teak, but he knew Berg just like everybody else. And he yeah. did a special shout out to Berg and and did the he did the Eagles prediction. He thinks the Eagles are taking Kyle Pitts, uh, the tight end from Florida, yeah. and he's yeah. and he's and he's a Philly guy too. So Berg would really be happy with that pick. So you know, when it, on draft day and, and pick number six, I'm sure I'll be thinking of, of Sean Nixon as every other Eagles fan. And you know, fly Eagle, fly Sean Nixon, fly Eagle, fly. So. Jigs, thanks for your time, dude. Have yeah, a good definitely. night, brother. Enjoy your safe trip to to to, to Myrtle Beach and uh, hit them straight, dude. Will do. Thanks, Mike. Nice talking right. to you. See you in May. All right, bud. Take care, man. Later. All right, everybody, welcome back to Shatzer Says, another guest on the hit parade here honoring Sean Nixon, a.k.a. Berg, you know, a, a great human being, and we've said it to every guest, but my next guest is another teak legend, the pride of Johnsonburg, PA, uh, the ice fishing guru. I think John took me ice fishing one time, and I don't think I've ever been that cold again in my life, and I said never again, but uh, from Terracotta Road, Mr. John Mays. How are you, Maisie? I'm awesome, Shatzer. How are you, brother? Good. You're probably amazed us to remember Terracotta Road is the road you lived on. I'm surprised you remembered all that stuff. That was pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Maisie, you know why we're here. We're here honoring our our fallen comrade, our fallen brother, Sean Nixon. And you spent a lot of time with Berg. And, you know, you have great memories of him, as we all do. And, you know just the outpouring of love and the, the impact that Sean had on all of us. I mean, I'm talking about teaks from, you know, teak number one, all the way down to teak number 200 or wherever they're up to now, everyone knows Berg and even people in Acacia and Sigtaw and DZ and all those different, everyone knew Berg. He was the life of, he was almost the life of teak. Wouldn't you say so? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like seeing the outpouring from everyone over the last couple of days. It was, it was amazing. 
uh, from everywhere. It wasn't just Teak Brothers. It was everybody. I had people texting me, instant messaging me that night. It was crazy. It, it, it's amazing. That I, and I hope that, you know, someday people look back on my life and say, you know, Mike Shatcher has such an impact on me. But Bergen, it, it just it's almost like unreal. It's almost surreal, if you will, how much of an impact and the kindness that he shared. But he also had a lot of funny ass stories. I mean, he was a great kind guy, but he had some funny stories. And I, I'll share this one. With you. And you probably don't remember this story, but it was New Year's Eve one year. And you had been hitting it pretty hard all day. And you had fallen asleep at like six o'clock at night. And Berg. <laughs> Burn turned all the clocks up to midnight and got everyone organized and we woke you up and we're like, happy new year, amazing. You got up and you were blowing streamers and had champagne and you were happy new year. It was really six o'clock at night and you had no idea because it was already dark out. So, and then you went back to bed. So you had an early new year's yeah. Eve and that, and that was Berg setting that one up at 18 B. I just remember yeah. you running around saying happy new year, happy new year, you know, and sure enough, it was Berg had it, it was six hours early, just just so you could celebrate New Year's Eve, you know. So I, that's I Berg big, for you. Vaguely remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so give me a good memory, Maisie, about your time spent with with Sean Nixon. Oh, geez, Berg. You know what? I met Berg in probably fall '89, my first semester at Millersville. Probably at either one A or three H, one of their happy hours, whichever one it was. But uh, oh. I remember my birthday, I turned 20, and we were at 4C Brookwood at uh, Tracy's house and Charnell uh, partying up there, and I walked into the party, I think, with Rick. We were we got there a little bit after it started, and walked up there, walked out on the balcony, and Berg looks at me and goes, happy birthday, Maisie, and he hands a picture to me and says, chug it. <laughs> he says, yeah, Maisie, chug it. And... I was like, okay. So I did. <laughs> and then I immediately deposited it down onto the ground from the balcony. <laughs> and things went on. But that's how it was with Berg. You know, it's always in the mood to party. Always in time to go. It was always a good time with him. It, it was always go time with Berg. You're right. It was always go time. You know, had, had always had a great time. Life of the party. Everyone knew him. You know, but he'd give you the shirt off his back. And, you know, I, I just I just got done talking with Jigs. And, and he, he told the story about the time when they threw his mattress off the balcony and they set it on fire and it turned into a big, huge bonfire. And it all started off with, you know, Berg's uh, mattress catching on fire. So, that, you know, that's, that's typical Sean Nixon stories right there. You know, the, I wouldn't say he was the butt of the joke, but, you know, he knew how to laugh at himself and he had a, a self-depreciating sense of humor that it, it didn't bother him at all. So, you know. Well, he was always right in there. <laughs> yeah, he was always right in there. So, you know, and, and my sons have been listening to me. And I've, I, like I said, I, I've met with, with uh, you and Rob Lacopoli and, and Amy Howe and everybody else like that, you know, and everyone says the same thing. And my kids are like, this guy Berg must have been a character. I'm like, oh, if you only knew the character that Berg was, you know, he was truly a character, you know. Most definitely. So, but, uh, I mean, just what's what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Berg? I mean, I always think of the Eagles and his love of the Phillies. I don't think anyone loved the Phillies as much as me, but it was, you know, he was a close second. Was, I was a Giants fan back then, and there was always that argument between Berg and I. Uh, always the Eagles, but, uh, you know, beer, it was always hanging out, though. That was the biggest thing with Berg, you know, it was hanging out, being around friends. And if Berg was around, you always had somebody to, to hang with. It was exactly. Always. 
And no matter how bad of a day he was having, he always tried to brighten your day up. And, you know, Jim Karkoska always said that, that Berg was a complex individual, and he was pretty complex. I think he was hurting inside a lot, but never showed it. You know, he always was – he was the shoulder to cry on that someone could have, or he was the ear to listen to and things like that. And you never knew what was really going on inside of Berg, but he always tried to do his part to make your life a little, a little better, your day a little better. And, you know, he always commented on pictures that I put on Facebook or always commented on the on the posts about my podcast. He's like, great episode, love the, the Blizzard episode. You know, he actually cared about what other people felt, not so always. much what they thought, but he always cared what they felt. So, you know, but you're right. You are. Are you still a Giants fan? No. Gave up the Giants. Who are you playing for now? The Giants uh, right before uh, they played in uh, the Super Bowl and they upset uh, New England when New England was going for the undefeated season. <laughs> Beginning of that season, I was like, I had enough of them and uh, reverted back to the Steelers. That's right. Been Good. Been them for uh, since then. Well, you are a Western PA guy, Maisie. I mean, you're even more Western PA than me. I mean, you're from Johnsonburg. I mean, you know. About two, I think two hours. Yeah, about two hours away. So you're you're even further west. But you know, it, it's it's just good that you know that everyone's getting back together. I mean, Maisie, I haven't talked to you in probably 15 years, honestly. You know, I haven't talked to Jigs in so long. I talked to actually, I ran into Rob Lacopoli last year at the NFL Combine or two years ago at the Combine. But you know, this for such a tragedy that befell us all, everyone's getting back together and communicating. I think people are realizing how we need to stay in touch. I mean, we're all. I mean, I'm 49. You're probably 50. I mean, we're at Berg's age of him passing away, and it's just. It's tragic, you know. It's it's such a short, so, such a short time on on Earth, but the impact was definitely felt. So, you know, I'm glad we're all getting back together, and hopefully, when people listen to this episode and, and listen to the memories, they remember the things. Like, you know, Bill brought up when Bird broke his ankle on when we went tubing. I totally forgot about that story. You know, uh, I remember other people breaking bones, but I don't remember uh, uh, Bird doing that. You know, so that that was the day. That was for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember I now that I mean when I thought Berg was full of it when he was saying that I didn't realize he was hurt I thought he was just looking for attention or for some reason or not or another I had no idea about him getting stuck in the shoot I didn't right I didn't know about that part I didn't see that I was down through beforehand and then uh somehow our cross paths crossed later on and I was just like what's going on I was like I, he's, he's like he wanted me to drag him down the rest of the, the way. It was like a couple of miles still to tube down a creek. And I'm like, I'm not dragging you the whole freaking way down. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Good time, man. Well, well, Maisie, you know, I, I like, I'm, I'm so thankful that you, you accepted my offer to come on here and, and talk about Berg. What's one last thing that you want everyone to know about Sean Nixon, man? He was a fr- friend through and through. I mean, he was always there for you. If you needed something, he was there. Uh, I, I needed a. My car was in the shop right after I graduated from Millersville. I was still up there commuting to Harrisburg for work. And uh, I was like, my car's in the shop. I need to be in work. And we were just, I didn't ask anybody for it. And Berg was there when the conversation was going on. He's like, Maisie, take my car to work. And I did. And that, that was, <laughs> he was always there, you know? Right. For anybody. Always. 
I, I agree. And, and, I, and I went on a few road trips with him. And I remember we went out of Philly one time and I stopped at his parents' house and met his mom and dad. And she was, his mom was awesome. Good cook, but she called him Booby. And I, I brought up a few different people that not many people know that his nickname as a kid was Booby and his mom still called him Booby. And I, I called him Booby on the down low when no one was around because he was embarrassed by that. But, you know, he was just that kind of person that you wanted to spend time with. I mean, you, you could find him at, at, at Jack's Tavern. You could find him at a party and you always know you're going to have someone to talk to and he's going to have a good story for you and he's going to listen to your story. So we're going to miss Sean you know, a lot, but I, I'm glad we're all getting together and talking about the good things that he did for us all and hopefully that he's going to you know bring us together as an organization and we're going to do something for him in may maybe and i'm hoping i can make it up there to millersville be the first time i've been to millersville since whew, i'm gonna say maybe dave patterson was married that's you know that's been 15 years or so ago so wow. hopefully hopefully we'll run into each other man but Maisie, thank you for joining my podcast dude i hope you enjoy this episode i hope everyone enjoys it and I'm hoping to get a, maybe a few more guests, but you may, you're may you my last one tonight. I've been burning the midnight oil tonight recording these interviews, but I might get one or two more tomorrow, but I'm gonna definitely going gonna, gonna to broadcast this tomorrow and let everyone enjoy Sean Nixon for the weekend, man. So, Maisie, thank you again for joining me, dude. It's almost 11 o'clock at night, dude. Some of us have to work tomorrow. So, anything else you want to add before we leave, Maze? No, Berg's going to be missed, and uh, I miss him already. I hear you. I do have one question. Do you still wear all those daggum novelty t-shirts? No, Stand back, I, I chew, I rubber I band. Have, I, I, don't, I don't have any. I remember those shirts. <laughs> I remember those shirts like it was yesterday, Maisie. But Maisie, good seeing you as always, dude. Tell the family I said hello. Love up on everybody. Hug your family. Kiss them goodnight. And I hopefully our paths will cross soon. Sounds good, Chatsworth. Thanks for having me on. All right, Maze. All right, another special guest to the Bergapalooza, if you will, the remembrance of Sean Gerard Nixon, Winnie Pooh 2, Rosai 73. And, and it's funny because, you know, Berg pledged in, I don't know, spring 89, I think, and he's 73. My next guest, I guess, would be considered a relic because his scroll number is 17. I had to look up the scroll numbers today. <laughs> but I love this guy. This guy was also a good friend of mine in college, although we had a, a I wouldn't say a significant age difference, but you know, different generations. I was Gen X. He was like Gen T, I think like that. So, but great, great guest. I want to welcome my man, Jimbo Karkoska. Jimbo, how are you doing, man? You had to bring up age, didn't you? That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm disappointed you're not wearing a Till Tuesday t-shirt. I still have the remnants <laughs> of it that was burned. <laughs> awesome. How are you doing, Jimbo? It's been so long. I'm doing great, man. That's awesome. Doing great. We, yeah. You know, you know why we're here. You know, I've gotten a lot of great people together. This is a, like I said, I was explaining earlier in our, in our pre-production meeting, if you will, this morning. It's a Friday morning. You know, it's funny. Friday morning, uh, you know, 25, 26 years ago, I'd been working at UPS third shift. I'd be meeting Berg right now, probably at like the the East Petersburg end because he worked third shift at QVC. So it wasn't uncommon to run into a to Berg on a Friday morning because we both got paid on Friday mornings going to have a picture or two after work and then I'd go home or go to class and he did whatever he did you know but uh we're here to celebrate Berg man and I know you've known you knew Sean a long time as we all have I mean shit I've known Berg you know I'm just coming on 30 plus years you know yeah, well at this point we've known everyone for a long time 
<laughs> True. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's well said, Jimbo. You know, uh, what, what was your like, give me like just a general impression of Berg, man. Like what, what, what can you remember about him? Like, maybe not a specific event, but like just a, a, an aura of him, you know? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I didn't know his middle name was Gerard. If I had known that in college, I would have given him shit for it. <laughs> but, uh, and you brought up his nickname, which I didn't remember, like so many other things I can't remember. But um, Winnie the Pooh 2. Like, who was Winnie the Pooh 1? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he counted it as 2. Right. But, um, yeah, Sean was uh, just a great guy, man. You know, what can you say? Like I said, I posted on the, the Teak site that I don't, I don't know anyone who didn't love him, you know? Yeah, he was just a great person, but um, and it's just like all of us, he took so much shit for everything. You know, I mean, we were. I still get together with Broish and and Moon and those guys every year up at Broish's cabin, and and I say to my kids like, if you if you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop on our conversations, you would think that we hate each other. You know, <laughs> like. And, and Berg was always on the receiving end of so much shit, but he could give as good as he got. He oh, yeah. Got, you know? I yeah. mean, that's what was great about him. He had such a, a quick wit and a sharp tongue, and I, I love that about him. You know, he could always he could always roast you with <laughs> a couple words. Yes. Uh, my oldest son, you know, he's been listening. Like, he's they're working from home. They're, they're hybrid schedules. They actually were home yesterday and, and today. And as I've been doing these podcasts, you know, my oldest son, Luke, he's pretty, he's pretty hip. Like he understands a lot of things for a 15 year old. And he's like, sound like you had some crazy friends in college. I'm like, uh, yeah, you can say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky to be alive. You know, thankfully yeah. I made it to 49. So, you know, do you have any particular stories in general about Berg that you want to share? I know you shared one on Facebook about your trip and I want to, I remember that one, man. Well, the, I think the best one was, you know, we had the Drunk Olympics Olympics up at uh, Jack's Cabin. And when we filmed the uh, the Big Gut episode, I mean, that was just hilarious. He was Bill, so Bill Measure talked about that. Bill Measure actually brought that same. Because I, I kept calling him the Great American Poo Owl. I think Shaggy was the Great American Poo Owl. Yeah, Bird was. was Big yeah. Gut, yes. Yeah. yeah, we did like a mock Bigfoot thing where we were hiding in the bushes and we had a video camera and he would he was walking across the clearing and we were like oh my god it's big gut and uh he was carrying like a, a thing of pizza and he had a 40 of like you know little kings or something <laughs> bill measured, like, mentioned that and i was like you know if that could, if that ever surfaced that would be hilarious you know what i mean oh i still have it I oh do you do not it. oh yeah yeah I'm gonna show my my oldest son. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in his uh, in his luggage when he goes to college. <laughs> make sure you make a dub of that. Make make a copy of that so that it doesn't disappear. That that's that's history. That's like Smithsonian National uh, Institute Library Congress type thing. You know. Oh my God! I know that was so funny. And I I think on that same trip we were. Um, we stopped on the way up. There was a huge snowstorm, and we stopped at like Burger King or something, McDonald's. And I remember we walked in, and when Berg walked in, we were all making fun of him. Like the kitchen staff sees him coming in and 
just starts yelling, we're going to need some help back here. <laughs> you cracked me up, man. <laughs> uh, wait, tell me about the trip to California University. That's the one I was I was talking about before, when you guys oh went to California. God. Yeah, it was just, it was nuts, man. We just, we hooked up with the Teaks down there, and, um, and we ended up staying at some house with all these girls in it and i don't i don't even know how we hooked up with them i think somebody knew them but um yeah we went out one night and um i was standing outside with someone i can't remember, i think it was one of the teeks who were there and um he had said something like yeah they're a bunch of sick talls i said oh okay you know and they heard him say that and they thought we were saying something about them and uh you know, words started being exchanged and then fisticuffs started flying and then I got the shit beat out of me. And, you know, Berg never let me forget that, man. Like, he he, just, he dubbed me Car Concrete because I, remember I got that. knocked down on the ground and was just being kicked repeatedly. <laughs> I remember and, you being uh, called Jim Car Concrete. I was like, I remember yeah. that, you know. Yep, that was Berg. That was Berg. <laughs> like, and whenever we were having some any kind of argument or anything he was like all right car concrete and i just i had no defense you know you know because ryan hinkle mentioned that trip to california because that was one of his he said that's like one of the first times you really hung out with berg i didn't go on that trip thankfully but you know because we weren't even in teak yet ryan and i think ryan and i were like rushing you know it's like our first semester we were in college and i did not need to be going to cal university because i heard you guys come back with stories those guys must have been savage because oh they I heard were about they were nuts so you know crazy but you know it's just uh just he you're right though he can dish it out and he could take it i mean he did get a lot of shit from everybody you know but in a good way no one was ever being condescending but you know underneath all that his his like you said it's quick quick his quick wit and sharp tongue he did have a heart of gold and oh you know yeah, absolutely yeah you know i i would find it i would find it hard to have anyone say a, a bad thing about berg you know i said his only faults in my eyes was that he was a diehard eagles fan and some of his political views but otherwise i can overlook everything else you know so uh he's just a heart of gold man he was just a good dude to know and you know i know you you spent a lot of time around him and uh who was berg's big brother do you know oh man yeah, I was I was talking to Jenna the other night, and I I couldn't even remember who I can't remember anything anymore. Like I'm <laughs> half dementia, but um, I couldn't remember who he pledged with. He was, was with he, Ray. Was and with, oh, Ray, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ray oh, and yeah. Walt and Hager, and there's a couple guys I don't know that I don't like. This the, there's a Deanna Bell guy I didn't recognize. I don't know him or no Del Vecchio guy. I'm like, who's this? Deanna, but, the, the Becky, like no, eight. Joe Deannabelle, he he pledged with me. Right? No, it, it wasn't him. It was like a Del Vecchio, like Adrian Del Vecchio or something like that. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who that was. I was like, I don't remember that cat at all. Like, let's see. In Berg's pledge class, I'm looking at the scroll right now. Actually, I have it pulled up on my phone. You know, I'm able to, to multitask here. It looks like he was with uh, Arm Brewster, Barney, Rob Bodie, Donahoe, Hager, Ray Lachlan, Berg, Jim Pepiot. Roach, Schmitty, and Jigs. Okay, yeah, that was a great pledge class, man. Mm -hmm. I forgot. I think his big brother was... Was it Gus? No, I, I think... Or was it... Was it Mark DePaul? Uh, John Dunn? 
No, it wasn't John Dunn. I think it was. I thought it was Rico. Isn't that Mark DePaul's nickname? Rico, Rico? yeah. <laughs> Rico. Hey, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do we have some characters in that group or what? I mean, I looked at the scroll today. I know people through like 135. And after that, I don't know any of these dudes, you know, and I haven't been back to Millersville in years. But like after 135 in the scroll, I don't have no idea who these people are. Like, who, you know, who's 135? Hold on a minute. Let me find not. Uh, uh, let me see. Like, I know you're still around. Like, do you go back to Millersville for homecoming and things like that or? You know. Occasionally, not that often. Right. I can't yeah, I drink anymore, man. I'm I'm down for like five days. Yeah, I got my second vaccine the other day, and it was uh, that's how I felt. I felt like I I was hungover as hell. So, you know. So let's see here. Member directory one thirty five is uh, I don't I don't know. Let me see. Um. So my pledge class was anyone from like was like George Chow through. Like Paul T. Becker Jr. and Gud LaRock through uh, Mitchie the Kid and, and Ken Tygelski was my pledge class. So 135 was um, Billy Evans, Scott Fratt. No, I would say, no, I know one, one, 140 is Andrew Burke, Andy Burke. And Jack I, Shannon. I remember who he is. Yeah, yeah. J- Jack Shannon was the red-haired dude that dressed like Elvis for like Halloween right. one year. Was, and then I know Andy Burke because he listens to my podcast. I'm sure he's listening to this. I don't. I don't know who Bill Sember is. And I know Kevin Herr, but there's like 145 is the stopping point for me, you know. And I think yeah. they're up to now. They're up to, 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 to oh shit, they're over 291. Nice. So they they pulled it together. I know they were struggling there for a while, but you know, you guys had a good strong background built there at, at Millersville Antique and you know, old old heads like you, you know, that's why we have that's why we have this brotherhood and that's why everyone's coming out of the woodwork, which is a good thing, you know, in this in this last year of so much just shit going on, uncertainty, you know, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. And even people from like other organizations, you know, Mark Simmons from Sig Tall and Tony Kirtner from Alpha Cairo and all these sorority chicks. I mean, Bird was yeah. like Charlie from Charlie's Angels. I mean, you know, everyone loved you know, Slim Nixon. So, you know, well, he was, uh, I mean, girls loved him because he was, uh, he was a great listener. You know, he would, he would always listen to them and he was a good friend. Yeah. And, you're right. um, and, and you're right. You, you mentioned he was a complex person and, I, and, I, and that really struck a chord with me when I read that. Cause I've actually used that in like two or three of these conversations I've had last night. Like I did like five yesterday of these conversations, which has been great. You know, but you're right. He was a complex person, you know, and, and we'll just leave it at that. So, you know, uh, but we're going to miss him. And, you know, he's going to be a I know we want to do something together in Millersville in May, maybe. You know, I don't know if it's going to involve our families or our spouses or what, but you know, I'd like to come back to that meet and see all you old, old bastards. So anything else you want to wrap up with, Jimbo, before I let you go, man, so you can get to work? No, it was great seeing you. And, um, yeah, he will definitely be missed for sure. I- I agree, dude. And I appreciate you, Jimbo, so much, man, taking time. Tell Jenna I said hello. And, you know, keep that that teenage boy years in line because we, we don't need any Jimbo Karkoska. You don't want to be a grandpa yet. I mean, you may have the look, but you don't need to have the feeling of it. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, dude. Yeah, yeah I don't want that. I would die if that happened. I, I, I would, too. So, Jimbo, good seeing you as usual, man. Happy Friday to you. Have a good weekend, dude. Now, I'll have this. I will tag you on Facebook when I post. I'm going to post this episode probably in the next I don't know, a couple hours. And I want you to start listening to my podcast, damn it. There's 14 episodes. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I will. All right, Jimbo. I appreciate you, dude. Uh, Have a good weekend. Tell Jen I said hello and uh, good seeing you. All right. Peace out.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Burgapalooza Sean G. Nixon Remembrance episode of Schatzer Says. I'm your host, Mike Schatzer, and I have another great guest. One of the two sets of, bro- uh, maybe two sets of brothers in Teak, Roseside Chapter. Uh, really, I would almost say he has another, has two brothers in Teak besides himself, if you count Chris Harrington. But this is the younger version of the Lacopoli clan. This is my man, Rob Lacopoli. How are you doing, Robert? Good to see you, sir. Great to see you too, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Well, you know, we're all here to to to, to uh, have a great memory of Sean Nixon. You know, everyone I've talked to said I don't want this to be a, a boo-hoo. I want this to be like almost like a, a good Catholic wake where we're all going to have a kegger afterwards and eat deviled eggs and and stay too long and get too loud and have good stories about Berg, which I hope happens in May if we can get everyone together. It's just have a big wake and have a good time and just you know good times not not sad i mean it is sad yes we know that but you know uh you you know the impact berg has had on everybody and you know whether it's at millersville or qvc or before i mean you've known berg a long time or or known who berg was for a long time correct yes as a matter of fact our history goes back to high school football playing days uh when i remember uh sitting in a scouting session and our coach is telling us to run around this guy in the middle. So Berg was that guy in the middle. So I believe he may have been in the 11th grade. I was a senior and uh, we, we based our whole offense around him. So, so that's how far my history with Berg goes back. Wow. And uh, wow. so every time I see him or saw him, I, that's the story I kept telling him, Berg, man, we had a, you were a stud. We had a, you know, run our whole offensive uh, scheme around you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a great story. He was very well, humble about his football playing experience, too. And he, he was definitely a good athlete. Right. Um, I remember going to his parents' house uh, in um, po- back in where's it, Upper Marion he's from. We were coming back from a road trip to Upper Philly. Upper Marion, yes. Upper Marion, yes. And he paved the way for Kobe. And um, I remember going to his parents' house and we stopped to like pick some stuff up. And his mother was showing me all his like pictures from high school and his trophies. And, his, and I was like, damn, you know, she kept calling him Booby. That was his family name, Booby. So I kept calling him Booby when we got back. But like she showed me like all his like he was all district defensive tackle and had all these like I was like, wow, you know, and, he, you know, he was a hell of a dancer. So that equates with good footwork. So I'm sure he used, he had good footwork in football. But I didn't realize how good of a football player he really was until I went to his house. You know, some guys, you know, bragging up, oh, I was this good. This dude was legit, and he never, and you would never know it. You know what I mean? He didn't yeah, live he like that. Talk about it. Yeah. So that, that's you know, that's just how humble he was. You know, the humble with the heart of gold. Um, but Rob, you know, tell me some funny stories. I mean, do you have any great anecdotes about Berg? Like everybody else does. I mean, everyone's probably going to listen to this episode and be like, "A, it's too long," but B, oh my god, I remember those stories like it was yesterday. You know, now that we're jogging people's memories. So give us a give us a tidbit of something. You know, I know you and I have a commonality, probably a great story that we can share together about Berg. So go ahead. Lead us off, man. All right. Yeah. So Berg, uh, wherever I worked in college, I worked and I played sports. But, uh, you know, anytime I um, you know, went to like a tea party or a function, Berg was always that fixture. So, so my memory of him was the same. You always like the center of the party. And uh in my most memorial, memorable moment, did I say that right? Um, memorable, memorable. <laughs> Sorry, hey, I do have a Millersville education, barely. Um, so it, it's gotta be the, uh, 
uh, road trip to Universidad de Concordia in Montreal, Canada. That, that whole thing is an animal house in the making. <laughs> On wheels, no. yes. The perfect, yeah, perfect, perfectly scripted for a movie without being scripted. You could, uh, you know, the memory of that trip, I could not, nobody could have written it. <laughs> yes. It um, yeah, so Berg, you know, it's, uh, you know, bless his heart. You know, we piled a bunch of guys into a baseball van, a 15 person van. I think we had 13 people still they wanted to go and we lost like three at the party. They never made it out of the party. So I think nine of us ultimately went left i think it, did he live at 17b at the time no he lived at 18b but the mixture was probably at 17 either the 17 17b for sure because i yeah. it was like keller's apartment um that was a that was 17a gosh i remember going downstairs and so you know maybe i shouldn't have been driving i drove the whole way to montreal i know that night we left the but it's a mixture with the nurses yes um, so you know whichever apartment it was got in the van Bert, Bless his heart, jumped in the van with us, and uh, you know, we set out on an epic trip. And uh, you know, it was you know every person on that trip was a character. Um, so I mean, do you want me to tell the story, or do you want me to just talk about bird moment? <laughs> hey, either one, t- t- tell them both. I mean, tell the tell the story, but I mean, you know, it doesn't matter to me. All right, how much time do, do I have? Because it's you know, it's funny. It's, you know, just the bottom line is Reggie was the first person I think to have the like, internet, at least in our fraternity, like, like, you know, real internet where I don't know if it was AOL or something before that, but here he was conversing with a teak from, um, you know, international teak, right? That was the big thing was yes. international, um, you know, teak. Let's look him up. So Re- Re- Reggie did that, had some banter. Then they started giving us shit saying that they could drink us under the table. <laughs> uh, and we believed them. So we were, you know, that, that was like a thing. You remember that, Mike? We're like, yes. These guys drink Canadian beer. It's like eight percent alcohol, and we have four percent. If we even got had that in the beer, we drink. And uh, so we, you know, took the challenge. Hopped in the van. Commandeering the van was, a, a, you know, you know, the story in itself. Um, but once we got it, we jumped in the van, and we should have checked the weather because we. Do you remember the epic snowstorm? <laughs> oh my God, dude! It was. It, I've never seen Rob, Rob. I've been. I've been living. I've lived up north and around snowy places a long time. I've never seen that much <laughs> snow. And, and I'm in the back of the van. It was like me. If I can remember who was on that trip, it was Berg and you and me. That's three. Eric Klotz is four. Todd Moran five. Adam Barron six. Jack Mater seven. Dan I don't know. Uh, Fred Bokenkamp eight. So Fred. Uh, so Rick Neal's nine. So that's nine of us. Yeah. So, so that's it yeah. right there. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was every row was its own story. It was like an episode out of the Muppets where they dance on the, the dance floor and you have like the little dialogue happening. <laughs> every every row in that van was its own story. Yes. Um, you know, so you know, there's some gross stuff that happened. You know, is this a G-rated episode or? Well, yeah. Let's not let's not go into the gross stuff. Let's just let's just <laughs> we, we, we can condense it down and just you know give the sense that we don't have to go into the gory details because you know some of us are gainfully employed. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, okay, so t- within within teacher context, I get it. That's right. Um, yeah, so we just um, you know, got in the van, drove up, you know, had to stop, uh, you know, makeshift rest stops in the middle of the highway, and then, you know, um, epic blizzards. Um, Berg, I, I just remember him always being, like, angry <laughs> at somebody <laughs> in the van. He's like, you know, knock it off, you're just yelling at people. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, he was pissed. Yeah, uh, I, was, I, I, I do remember I was that. Literally, 
the parent slapping the kids in the back seat, like you know, of, of the station wagon. You know, Bert was literally right in the middle of all that. So there's the the fighting between Adam and Jack, where Jack punched Adam in the face for no reason, <laughs> right. no reason at all. Right? Adam was a saint on, on that trip, and thank God Adam didn't try to fight back. That would have just been a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but it, so Adam kept going. Why did you punch me? And, um, and you know, Adam kept saying that to Jack, and Jack was like, "You know why, Adam? You know why? You know why I punched you?" And now nobody knew why. So after that, you know, finally uh, phased out. Um, you know, it was daylight. Yeah, you know, we drove what from maybe ten or eleven yeah. on a Thursday night, and we got there what nine or ten in the morning. Well, we stopped so in Plattsburgh. We stopped in Plattsburgh, New York. And right. I think it was a teak chapter there. And we like got gas and had breakfast at like a McDonald's. And then we went to, we crossed the border. So we get to the border yeah. of Canada. You know, that's back in the days before passports. I mean, we had driver's license, you know, and do you have anything to declare? Jack Mater says, we have a purpose, you know. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was like, Jack, what are you doing? But meanwhile, you, then you say, <laughs> they say, are you guys American citizens? He goes, well, I wasn't born in the U.S. So you say, and then you look like, you, you look like a little... Mexican, but here it turns out you're born in Germany, right? So, Spain. I was born in Spain. Spain. Yeah, something like that. And he, um, as, you know, do you remember getting held up at the border patrol? And they did like the twenty questions because of yeah, that? vaguely, vaguely. I mean, it was it was all a blur because ever like we said, we were all at that mixer the night before. And a lot of us were trying to sleep it off, and we we're. Uh, I was just. It was just. Know, we, we, we definitely dumbed it down to like ninth grade teacher level now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we picked up Beast. We picked up yes. somebody. Oh, yeah, he was on the Beast was on the trip. Absolutely. We, we picked up somebody late before we left because he lived in the he lived in Lancaster. So we I remember that. Limits, I think. Yes. After he got off his shift at the bar, we right. picked him up at the Jackson Lidditz. Now that I yeah. remember, and from yes. like the back alley was the biker gang standing outside. <laughs> so, so we basically took Berg to Canada to put him on a drinking display, correct? And then he, he didn't even. Anchor. Yeah, he was our anchor, and he didn't even participate because he was. Tell me why you didn't participate, Rob. <laughs> uh, I believe it was because it was too cold outside. So I don't remember sleeping arrangements. I don't remember sleeping there. I remember the house that we went to. I remember we had to drop people off at another house. Um, yep. And then, you know, Rick Neal and who else was jumping off the roof? So we get there and, and there's six, literally six or maybe seven feet of snow because they don't, it doesn't melt in Canada. Right. And right. they don't, um, you know, when they do the roads, they don't plow it. They have to collect it. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it too cold for salt. But anyway, these guys get up on the house and start jumping off the roof into the snow. And they're like, watch out. There's like a fence. There's like chairs. And they didn't care. And so I know Rick Neal was one of them, but there's, I think, two others, maybe Klotz, Klotzy and somebody else. Maybe. So I was just like, man, they're going to get plunged. And this is like, you know, this is all my safety training from <laughs> my safety major coming into play here. I'm like, you know, getting ready to do... Um, you know, uh, our first aid and first responder uh, <laughs> these guys. Um, I don't remember where Bird was at that moment. I don't remember where he slept. I remember being cold. I don't think we had blankets or pillows. Yeah, um, I, we were lucky. Klotz and I got to stay with a dude named Stuart Latovsky, who I've actually tracked down on Facebook. I, I, I belong to the, the International Teak Group on Facebook, and uh, there was a, a guy had come up on a post, and he said he was from Cordy University. I'm like, dude, do you know a guy named Stuart Latovsky? And he's like, you mean this guy? And he like sent me the guy's link, and I sent him a message. And him and I are now friends on Facebook. Like we don't communicate at all, but I'm friends. I'm like, I tracked this dude down 
since like That's 1992. Awesome. So, you know, so we took, we take Berg to Canada as the anchor to our drinking team and he doesn't even participate. That's, so, that's, yeah, typical, yeah, show that's up, typical I, Berg. I think that was the first night. Um, we show up, you know, we were there, what, three nights. So Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Right. So Thursday night, we drove all night, got there Friday morning, I believe. Yep. Um, and then Saturday, or, you know, then they picked us up. And, you know, between, you know, so the, the, our host, we picked him up at the college and he got in a van and there was no room in there and it was disgusting. And he just, so I think he sat in the back, right? Between maybe you and Fats or maybe Dan or somebody. And, and you guys kept talking to him in a Canadian accent, like from Robin Doug McKenzie, like, take yeah. off Ozer, right? I was, yeah, I felt hey. so bad for this kid because you were like, you were, you were like, you know, condescending and kind of, um, I just felt bad. He literally said, stop the van. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, so and he was scared by Berg. I mean, you know, he, three or four of them couldn't fit in Berg. You know, three or four of them could fit in Berg's lap. <laughs> um, they're not the biggest guys. And uh, they were just scared and intimidated. And then the guys kept talking that, hey, take off Hoser. And, <laughs> and every word you were saying was in that fake, really bad Canadian accent. Right. And uh, he, he's like, finally, stop the van, stop the van, I'm getting out. And he, he actually climbed out the back door. <laughs> and they didn't let him out the side. Get out the back and we had the other T car that was following us. So he went and got in that car and he's like, and people are like, come on, man, it's cold. We're, you know, we'll stop. He's like, no, I'm getting, I'm getting out. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> so he got out. And I, I think it was uh, Stuart, right? That was in the van with us. Was it him? No, because we stayed at his house. We stayed. He was, he was nice enough. We actually got to stay. Yes. At his, his house was nice. Yeah. You know, he took, a, he took us to he took us to like a rave that weekend, and it that that was yeah. probably one of the. You know, I, I wasn't much of a road tripper in in college, but that one right there, that was <laughs> le legit. Probably one of the funnest experiences. And I called dibs on writing the script to this movie. If we're gonna make uh, a movie yeah. out of it, I called dibs on writing the script, or at least directing it. How about that? We can we get a real we can get a real writer. We, I, you know what the funny part is? My, the, the, now that I'm all growing up, we actually have a movie uh, entertainment company, uh, Johnny Unitas' son. We partnered with him in creating a, movie, uh, a production company. And uh, so if you want it, if you get the script, we can we can make it. <laughs> all right. We have all the resources. But the, um, yeah, so yeah, we get there. We, you know, this, it was this big event and we couldn't get Berg out of the van. And he just wanted to stay in the van because he was cold, from what I remember. I mean, I think he just didn't have the right shoes or he was wearing sweatpants. Um, and, you know, then we could get in the, into the bar. Um, did we leave the keys with him? Because, again, when we came out, he, I just remember him being so upset that he uh, was, you know, just thought, I think he just thought, that, you know, whatever that feeling was, it was, it was like bird, it was, it was a, that, Good angry feeling, a positive angry feeling. Uh huh. Um, not a negative thing. But um, you know, in, in the bar, we uh, it turns out it was their spring break, so there's like nobody around, and there's like us, the nine or ten of us, and then what? There's three or four teaks, and then some of their friends that were girls uh, with us, and then the female hockey team that was celebrating their victory. Do you remember that part of it? No, that, that I think I went to that rave with Stuart. I think Klotz and I and maybe Moran went to that rave. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah, I, don't, I remember that ha happening. So we were at this bar. Um, 
and uh, there's a female hockey team there. And so, so we got some chairs and they were nice, right? The, you know, everybody that was there because the parents were there, but we didn't know that that was the parents. And we started like talking to them and putting it up. And one of the dads was like, you know, the, these girls are only 16. And now that there was that conversation with, with maybe like Beast or somebody else. Then there was a conversation at the same time where they said, okay, so what championship did you win? Like, female hockey, that's awesome. They're like the, the U-17. <laughs> U-17, right? That makes you 16. Like, yeah, and 15, and I'm 15. I'm like, like, what the hell are you doing in a bar? Like, it's legal. So in Canada, you know, under parents' consent, you know, 16-year-olds apparently were able to drink in, in the bars at the time. So we're like, oh, crap. Um, I think we met up with you guys after the rave, maybe, because I think we went downtown somewhere in Montreal and the van and uh, we met up and, you know, I don't remember. That's like, you know, these are these like little moments that I think if we all sit down and tell the story that they'll, you know, definitely all come together. Right. I, I don't know. All I remember is this, and I'm, I'm going to push us forward to the story because the rest of the night's a haze. I remember driving back to Millersville in another torrential snowstorm the whole way home through New York. And oh we gosh. got we got home at like Monday morning at like 5 a.m. Yeah, it's right before sunrise. I remember it because we had to, I was like, do we clean this van out? Because we had to return it. The reason why we left when we did is we had to return it by 8 a.m. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was a long trip. Another snowstorm, and the but my most vivid memory on that way home was that we couldn't use the gas card in the van in Canada. It wouldn't work, so we had to pay cash to get gas. And we just wanted to put enough gas in the van to get across the border, so we can start using it when we get back to New York. But we couldn't. None of us could figure out the metric system because a liter of gas was like twice as much as a gallon, or three, right. four times as much as a gallon. And what two and a half liters or whatever is a gallon? So we're like, how is it possible that gas is this expensive? So we just thought we were doing the math wrong. So we only put in like, you know, what sounded good, like ten liters of gas, but it'd be like two and a half gallons. And, right. and we had to stop what two or three times to get gas. Um, you know, twice in Canada and once um, when we got across the border, just because we couldn't figure out the metric system. <laughs> It still confuses me, Rob. I'm serious. So, give me, yeah, give me your, give, give me one last memory of Berg, man. Before I let you go, it's Friday morning, and we're already the last day of the work week. We're gonna put this episode together and and, and produce it today. I got one more person I'm gonna talk to, and I'll wrap it up. So, give me one more, give me a memory, one one great memory of Berg that we could end on. Well, uh, you know, my, the thing I think needs to be shared is that. Um, you know, Berg and I stayed in touch throughout the years. We're always like, you know, friendly, but never like friends up until the past couple of years. And so when I, you know, finally was able to scale my sports management company, Berg became an investor in it, you know, nothing much like 50 bucks or something. And, you know, he's on our shareholder list. So he would always reply every time we sent something out. And we just had a really positive uh, communication. And then, you know, I went through a divorce that started, you know, many years ago and it took many years to go through. And I just remember him like asking like how I was doing and he was sincere about it and he remembered it. So he was there for me. So he helped me through the tough times um, through that divorce all the way up until, uh, you know, about, you know, the and last day in February, the 28th, we were bantering up until then. And uh, he sounded very happy and he loved what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I love talking to him about the business and, you know, the impact, you know, even $50 helped make and what, what we're doing. And, um, you know, so, so 
you know, I just, you know, the thing about Berg is that he's just always there. And I felt special. I felt like I was the only person that mattered to him. But when you look at his postings on Facebook, everybody, he did this to everybody. He, he was that yeah. way with everybody, you know, and, and without compromise. Um, so I, you know, I looking back, I feel like I have closure with him because I did recognize that he was there and I just, you know, felt um, obligated to make sure he was okay too. And, um, you know, but for many years, I don't think people ever asked him how he was doing, you know? Right. Um, it's, uh, you know, it was good to like have that closure with him. And that story, that, that's the story that needs to be shared. And one last part of that is he's our, the fifth Murasai um, Teak brother to pass away that I know of. I think there's five. Um, and, you know, including one of my pledge brothers, Rick McLaughlin. Right, and, my big brother, yep. And he, you know, so the thing about those guys are all great guys, Matty McBeth, Rick McLaughlin, um, and uh, they were all great guys, but there was not, you know, they didn't, nothing against them, they, they just didn't bring people together. But when Bird passed, all of a sudden, all, everybody's like coming together. And right. there's all the events, and like, I'm, I managed the uh, Rosai message, you know, the, the Facebook group, and there's all these people contacting me about different events. So there's like, you know, different memorial here, different memorial there, and because of COVID, they can't get too big. Um, so I'm just trying to maintain or manage all the communication. So finally, I reached out to the heat store of the group and said, listen, I need your help. And, uh, you know, hopefully he jumps in and helps us manage all the correspondence that's happening right now. Well, and that's, and that's correspondence from other organizations, not just T, because people from Roca, from Alpha Cairo, people from Sigtal, people from DZ, Acacia, it doesn't, everyone. So you have a you have a big task ahead of you. I'm sure if we wanted to do a big blowout for, for, for Berg in May, I know his birthday is May 22nd. So count me in. If I can get there, I will be there, and hopefully we'll, we'll make it happen. But, Rob, I want to thank you for taking your time and, and giving us some more, some more great feedback about Berg and – we really enjoy you, you know, your story. So thanks again, Rob, for joining me, man. I appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, we need to talk some more, me and you, about this podcast thing. So thanks again, Rob. Right, man. Man. Just set up a schedule, just like you did for this one. You have passion about this, so let's take care of business, too. Let's, let's I got you. Happen, okay? All right, Rob, I appreciate you, man. Thanks again, dude. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And my final guest. I know I, I could have had 150 more guests. We're almost closing in on the two-hour mark for our episode of Bergapalooza, the, the memorial of Sean G. Nixon. But my, I, I've saved the best guest for last. This is the <laughs> dude that got me into Teak, like legit got me in. He was my hegemon, my pledge master, the great Shagasy John Shantz. <laughs> oh, man, that's a that's a good intro, brother. Thank you. I don't know if I deserve that. And, and I'm sorry for and I'm sorry for what I got you into. <laughs> That's right. You got me into, in you know, 30 plus years. I told Bill Measure yesterday, Shaggy, that this is 30 years memory that, or 30 year anniversary that we pledged. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Know? And I was thinking about it. I've been talking to uh, Berg's brother, Jeff, especially. Uh, I haven't reached out to the parents yet, giving them some time. But, uh, you know, just like, you know, over 30 years together. You know, I remember literally like my meeting Berg in the third floor of Harbold Hall 
was me and Glenn Hager, right? And, and we see this, this monstrous figure walking down to the shower. Now, those days you had shower shoes on, yep. you know, like, and, um, and, and you wore clothes, not Berg. Berg's yeah. marching down the hall proudly in tidy whities and, and a bed sheet draped over him. And I was like, that guy, that's our roommate, Glenn. Let's go to Brookwood. It was done. Done yeah. deal, man. 32 years later or something. You know, it sucks to be here talking to you like this, but Berg is that linchpin, man. He He's bringing people together in death like he lived. That's that's what he does and always yeah. will. Yeah, it, that, that's probably the, that's the best way to put it. I mean, everyone's saying the same thing. Great guy, heart of gold, but his death has brought us all together. And unfortunately for all of us, we've lost a great soul, but we're getting, I mean, I haven't talked to you Shaggy in probably 25 years. You know? Exactly, and I said, here we are, it's perfect. Yeah, so so give me. I mean, a, it's not perfect. It sucks, but let's be honest. Right. Yeah. It's it's it, it's a it's the do the ends justify the means, uh, if you will. You know. Um, yeah. So give me like give me the a couple of great memories. I, I know you and Berg have spent a lot of. You guys were in mud together oh. with Bill. You were. I mean, remember we're both we're both teachers, so we don't need to get our our, our tenure revoked. So you know. Oh but, no! Trust me. Trust me. I'm home on my break. I got a puppy. I'm letting him out, and I'm like, do I get a beer for this interview and just crack it for? <laughs> For mud, you know what I mean. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what mud is, it's, it's it might be Millersville University Democrats. It might not be. Um, at least in the yearbook, that's what I got them to print. It actually that's right. does that. But uh, for me, after meeting Berg and becoming instant friends, which is what you did, uh, you know. And, and on a side note, fun story about that. I was talking to to a, a, another friend, um, to, to Beth Hatton Mater, and mm -hmm. she's like, you know, Berg's the kind of guy that brought us together. But here's how he did it. She said something to the effect that. If, even if you thought there were girls you might not have liked or otherwise hung out with, Berg was like, no, shut the hell up. I like her, you will be her friend, and they're all still friends to this day. Yeah. And he did that with people, you know? So that's like the, the serious note and the big hearted moments you probably all heard about. Um, but it's the funny shit that we did. Um, like when we decided, let's let's just not go home for Easter, right? We're almost coming up on Easter, so, you know, next month. Um, and Berg and I said, let's just get a case of old Milwaukee pounders, right? And we wrote on in Sharpie on them, like, chug me, give one, shotgun, you know, whatever. And we went out and got slammed, and we threw them all out in the field in the in the tundra. And the next morning, we woke up and had our own Easter egg hunt and just tried to find them. It's stuff like that that we just did. Um, it's things like when, when Hager and I were sitting there in the apartment in 3-H Brookwood, and uh, <laughs> Berg was hell-bent on going to, to Manor Beverage when it opened. So Glenn and I went around and changed all the clocks in the house, set them an hour off, even crawled in his old green Delta 88 and set the analog clock an hour. He's down at the distributor punching the damn steering wheel. Why aren't they open? This is ridiculous. People got a drink. <laughs> and he comes back home and we're dying laughing. So it was nonstop stuff like that, that I've just been reliving these fun moments and, uh, you know, Greek week things and us dressing him up when we went to the mountains. Um, you know, the classic footage of Bigfoot walking across the field. I've we heard called of Big him Big Gut, yes. Oh, we called him Big Gut. His brother Jeff's like, Shag, I need the tape. We're playing that at his funeral. Albeit, there'll probably be a family funeral and a separate whack job funeral for us. Right. <laughs> so. Jimbo says he has that video because Bill's mentioned the legend of, because I always called Berg the Great American Poo Owl. In reality, you're the Great American Poo Owl and Berg I've was heard. Big Gut. Nothing's confirmed, and that tape will be heavily redacted, if you will, uh, edited. Uh, but yes, there are rumors of these things. Uh, there are several things I keep in my fireproof, waterproof safe. Uh, the adoption papers for my daughter, 
you know, uh, life insurance, et cetera. And, and the mud tape is literally in that safe. Uh, it has been produced to DVD, released to only a few people for, you know, the statute of limitations is not quite worn out on everything. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I mean, and that's like, but it, you know, he was around shenanigans. You know, Rob Lacopa and I just got off of a call and we talked about our trip to Canada. You know, I totally forgot that Berg went with us to Montreal. You know, we yeah. went to Montreal back in like 93 and had a blast. Berg was with us. You know, we went down to um, Spring Garden to see Reggie's Teak chapter before they closed and Berg drove with me and we stopped at Berg's house on the way home and I met his mom and she showed me all his pictures of like his football accolades and she gave me his nickname of Booby and I'm like, you know, that's that's golden. I don't I never forgot that stuff for some reason. Yep. I mean, I forgot a lot of things about college from 1990 to 1994. But that stuff mm -hmm. like that, I don't forget. I don't know why it just stuck with me, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I remember all these little idiosyncratic behaviors and timing my my morning routine to how long he would be on the can taking a dump, you know, <laughs> and, and just, uh, you know, Calling up, you know, I still have it memorized, you know, and, and you didn't even have to put in 717, but you call 872-8808 for the Sugar Bowl. And I'm telling you, me, Glenn Hager, and Chris Bonson are sitting there. Berg wasn't with us. And we ordered two large cheesesteaks from Bowley's and a large cheese fry. And the Sugar Bowl guy literally goes, this is before call waiting. He goes, is this Mr. Nixon? <laughs> but it's his apartment. So like he had this awesome presence no matter where he went. And I live in Pottstown, PA, and he's just legendary among my Pottsgrove High School friends uh, for, for all just the kindness, the humor, like everything about him, man. So it's, it's just a huge, huge loss uh in so many ways but like you said he's living like he died or dies died like he's living just bringing everyone together man exactly and, and that's the thing about i mean it's just such a good feeling that everyone has such warm feelings i mean girls guys from other fraternities people not even in fraternities friends of mine from high school that went to millersville that like to visit me and be like oh dude you mean bird died like one of my buddies from high school sean ott you know reached out to me so you know stuff like that so just it, it's a shame but it's also a blessing in disguise. Maybe we're all going to get back together. Because, I mean, you know, he's he was 50 years old. I just turned 49. So it's kind of yeah. like, damn, you know, that's 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 close to the age. I mean, not, yeah. it, it oh, was, you yeah. know. Yep, my dad passed away when he was 50. And, uh, you know, I think I just outlived him this past year. I'll be 52 coming up. And I just think about that. And I'm like, Jesus, that's, you know, there's my dad's age. And, I, and this is. This is the fourth or fifth, like, you know, COVID time funeral that, you know, that we would be going to if there was one. They're going to play it safe for a while. Um, but, yeah, that, that it's just an all too frequent reminder that as we get older, our age group starting to talk about stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, oh, let's go back to the drunken Easter egg hunt. Like, that right. was more fun. I want to live back then. Yeah. Um, I want to see Stay Strong Bully. I, I kind of do, too. And uh, I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are, you know, having a beer or, or saying a prayer or whatever it is that you do, taking a moment of silence. I, I should walk in my house. I uh, took a video for Brother Jeff Nixon show, um, to show to his family. Uh, ever since we made the mud composite uh, mm -hmm. with all of us and our, our beer names uh, and all the shenanigans Berg and I got into, I have these two composites. I can't hang them anywhere in the house because I have a daughter, but I hang them in the laundry room anyway and she just doesn't go in there. But it's just, it's, it's hilarious to, that I, that's part of my art, you know, Berg, Berg is part of my art on my wall. He's part of my heart. You know what I mean? It's never not a smile except for the tears lately. So I got you. Well, I was telling someone earlier this morning, you know, 
25, 26 years ago on a Friday morning, me and Berg would probably be at the East Petersburg Inn because we both worked third shift. He was at QVC and I was at UPS. We probably met for a pitcher somewhere, somewhere that had good wings that he'd beaten, you know, a dozen hot wings at eight o'clock in the morning and having a pitcher of beer. So he just got off work. So that's what I remember Berg on a Friday morning. So that's, I wish I could do that, but I, I kind of have to work too. So Shaggy, yeah. good seeing you again, dude. Check out my dude. podcast. I will text you the link to this episode. I have yeah. your phone number in my phone. I will text you the link. Check out, I told Jimbo the same thing. Y'all need to be listening to this podcast because there's some, you'll hear some funny ass stories from back in the olden days, man. Yeah, man. I, I'll be glad uh, to join in again too because this this is so cool that you're doing it. And with your permission, of course, I'm going to pass that on to his family and everything. Heck yes. They'll, they'll, they'll freaking love it. So. Yes, please Thank do. You, I brother. mean, yes. Shaggy, good seeing you, brother. Take care, man. You too. Be safe. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. Awesome job, man. Oh, good, brother. All right, I better run back to school here and get the puppy. This has been the Sean Nixon Retrospective. I'd like to thank all my friends for joining me today. A lot of voices and faces I haven't seen in a long time, and probably a lot of voices that you guys haven't heard in a while either. Keep Sean's family in your in your prayers and your thoughts. And this has been the season finale of Shatzer Says. I'm your host, Mike Shatzer. We'll see you very soon on Shatzer Says Season 2. And remember, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>